Is there a goat doctor in our audience? Because I think I may need a goat doctor. This program contains mature subject matter. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I'll give you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. It's episode 145 of Behind the Schemes for March 27, 2023. The smell! This is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast where the world turns and the hills burn. My name is Lavish. Fire! 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 More DB for my bunghole. Wait, is California on fire again? Uh, if it isn't now, it will be soon. Oh, no doubt. It's coming up. It's a perpetual flame. It's an eternal flame. (laughs) Yeah. You're a fire sign. You understand. (laughs) I was was about to be a fire-breathing, coffee-spewing dragon there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) You ever had coffee and cigarette smoke go through your nose at the same time? Oh, come on, This man. man has. Come on, man. That's easy. I was saying it, you know, to the general we, re- referencing you, though. Ah, uh, 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 the collected we. <laughs> yeah, it was a rhetorical question. I knew you did it.
Nice. I already seen some some boostograms coming through. Oh yeah, I I got that. Uh, I went and got that one of those flashbulb cameras, uh, like we discussed last week, so we can start getting some photographic uh, documentation of everything that's going down here in the green room. Well, that's uh, from a legal perspective very dangerous, but from a creative perspective, uh, wonderful. So let's let's do that. Well, I don't with wanna... the old school stuff too. Yeah, no digital. Yeah, and. I don't want to uh, blow any load, but just based off of some clips that um, you have brought for tonight, you know, it's we're we're doing them justice by documenting it all. They, they would yes. be proud of us. They <laughs> would be proud. We hope they are proud of us. We know <laughs> they are listening. So, um, well, cool, man. It's uh, it's another Monday night. We made it. Despite yeah. everybody's best sets of efforts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fueled. By your uh, trying to stop the schemes, the world. You know, something interesting happened. I went to well, I went to draw tonight's tarot card, and we got the reverse hermit again. Hmm. Hmm. Which, if I recall correctly, the reverse hermit is what the hogs and I discussed when they joined us. On uh, episode 142, do not remove porpoise. Oh. And what was, uh, what was explored about the reverse hermit? I think a lot of it was in, in the, in the line strider deck. Uh, the hermit is represented by a bear, which of course goes into hibernation. And, uh, there was just a general sense of, holy shit, we're ready for the cold to go away. Yes. Yeah, the Hermit, a well-known uh, tarot card, usually meaning self-reflection or withdrawal. A lot of the time, if you're kind of lonely, or if you've removed yourself a little bit from the public eye, either physically or mentally, then you'll get the Hermit. And then reversed can either be a rejection of that, I guess, or it could be an, an even darker version of isolation. In a way, the upright could mean, uh, you know, a positive contemplation, you know, like a solitude, like a nice solitude. And then reversed can sometimes mean uh, a bad one. I do have a very cringy uh, throwback to a movie that I could drop in here as the perfect example between the um, the good hermit and the bad hermit. Are you ready for this one? Yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A New Hope, Luke Skywalker. Whatever the fuck number eight was called. Uh, Oh, the worst one. Yeah. Uh, The Return of Ryan Johnson. Yes, that one. That's the one. Yes. Yes. So in the New Hope, you've got, you know, the Hermit as being sort of a beneficial, influential character. The one that hands Luke the wand. The mystical teacher. Exactly. Also kind of like very magician-y, right? Yep, uh, the so. wizard who provides the hero with his first bit of knowledge and uh, may perchance a sacred or magical object. In uh, Star Wars, it was the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But then in The Return of Ryan Johnson, they flip that. They're trying to uh, invert it. You know, they're trying to kill the past off, and this is the result. You've got a old curmudgeon-y, you know, recluse who... Uh, just wants nothing to do with the world, doesn't want to be part of the world, wants nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And 
nobody else wanted anything to do with those movies as a result. <laughs> yeah. It was a reflection of a greater structure. No doubt. Yeah. Instead of providing the knowledge and the gift, he throws it away, literally tosses it at the beginning of that movie. And that was uh, symbolic of uh, Kathleen Kennedy throwing the entire Star Wars franchise into the garbage can. Mm. <laughs> franchise blender go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's, yeah, the money keeps coming, but keeps printing. So, you know, whatever. Oh, man. I just, this card, seeing it again, it's giving me this vibe that it's time to, like, stop doing the, the stop being on your back heel, maybe. Stop kind of retreating back further and further. Um, to, to quote two of the fellows that we stream on the No Agenda stream with, uh, it's to flip it around and become on the offensive. Mm, mm. A millennial offensive. Yeah. But, I mean, just, you know, to stop being in a perpetually defensive position and to sort of flip it around, take control of the situation. Yeah, don't retreat, don't isolate, return to the light, head, head towards the light, which is the Mothman's motto. Mm, yes. <laughs> I gave that bitch a lamp. Bitches love lamps. Oh, not anymore. Someone just defaced that lamp. <laughs> I can go get more. I've got literally many. You've got a whole room full of lamps. <laughs> Nothing but the lamps. Yeah. Oh, it's a good card. I think it's a positive card. The way that you that you paint it, it's very positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm just if 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 I if I continue to wallow uh, personally, and this is just speaking on a lot of uh, just. There's been some major upheavals both on the show here on broadcast broadcasting off a new machine, which uh, I can get into more during um, uh, one of the segments later tonight. And then the the whole work aspects, you know, they both have been kind of up in heaval or in upheaval over the past uh, week, two weeks. And it's just it's jarring and it's time to really start clamping da- back down on stuff. Yeah. See clamping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that. That lightning dragon's getting a little uh, squirrely beneath my, between my legs. Time to yeah. kick it in some. <laughs> it's time for loose ground for a lot of people. Everybody's kind of regaining their footing. We gotta, we gotta plant those feet, man. Yeah, start. And sometimes the isolation is good, you know, like a tortoise into the shell. Mm-hmm. But uh, too much isolation is bad for you. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, uh, shit. <laughs> Look what the lockdowns did. Perfect example. Oh, lockdowns <laughs> were not a good boy. I was a good boy during lockdowns. Let me tell you what. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> I was not a good boy during lockdowns. Uh oh. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I even joined this weird show. It was it was a dark time, and it all went downhill from there. <laughs> they Massive started, spiral. They started putting me on lists. I was in the green room doing mad rails of whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I would have been doing it anyway. But and I was on lists. They just they highlighted me afterwards. They put a special asterisk. <laughs> Quote put me on this a second guy. list. This fucking guy. This fucking guy over here. 
Ooh. <laughs> Snap picture of this fucking guy. Uh, so, last longer. So I don't forget this fucking face. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the lockdowns. <sighs> what a time to be alive. It's, uh, yeah, that's, and man, I was in, uh, Ottawa, Ontario talking with, um, my buddy Horsehead at a bar, you know, we had a surprise day off because <laughs> they shut the theaters down. So we loaded out the, the next morning and, um, I was just, uh, yeah, you know, this is, this is going to be a thing. I agree yeah. with them. Yeah. Nobody got hit harder than theater in the theater world. I was. Helping uh, an old friend uh, try to re-permit a building to be a theater. But it was a change of use permit. It was a restaurant. Oh, yeah. JB! Anyway, I was trying to help somebody out, and, and they were trying to get a theater situation going. A, a theater house mm -hmm. of the space. And changing from a restaurant to a theater is really tough to do. Uh, from a, an administrative and a code perspective. Um, and it was a big pain in the ass. And then right when we were about to make it happen, the lockdowns hit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and now that place, that same space, is still a restaurant. It's the, probably the worst hot dog, and hot dog restaurant. It is. It's not a stand. It's a space that sells hot dogs. The most over-fucking-priced garbage Hot dog you've ever had in your life for like 15 bucks. Okay. Pump I'm, the I'm, brakes. I'm talking crimes, dude. This place has to be a front. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking the worst quality of everything. Buns, cheese, dog, whatever. You can make this hot dog for less than a dollar. They sell it for 14, 15 bucks a pop. Criminal. I know. That's just not right. And you know I'm I'm a, I'm a big big fan of the of the hot dog. I can eat a hot dog anytime, any day, anywhere, anyhow. No problem. Oh yeah, certainly. But you wouldn't pay if you paid fifteen dollars for a hot dog. You would expect that hot dog to be like the perfect <laughs> thing, the morsel <laughs> that just oh for the rest of the day. Oh man, that dog was good. I'd expect that hot dog to survive a good ass fucking is what I'd expect for fifteen fucking bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> better give a good, nice, good beach. <laughs> uh, I, be, I better be able to invert that thing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Could you draw me a picture? <laughs> well, you see, when a mommy hot dog and a, and a daddy hot dog love each other very, very much. Oh, well, you can't say that anymore. That's racist. Figured. Shit. Well, um, I'm sorry. When a birthing person and a... Cedar is that what they call them? A cedar? Uh, yeah, yeah. Birthers and cedars. <laughs> <laughs> family show makes sense. Yeah, right. Family show. Oh goodness. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know what Macho Man Randy Savage had to say when he sat down at that hot dog spot and was about to pay fifteen fucking dollars for a hot dog? What? Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. That's true. That was me. <laughs> the stupid shithole. 
You know, I don't leave Yelp reviews because I think that's really lame and petty of people to do. But mm-hmm. I almost did. Ooh. Oh my almost. God. Oh, my God. A nasty one. Two paragraphs. Full of them. <sighs> don't do this, it, people. It's not worth it. It's not <sighs> worth it. I'll tell you what. If you ever visit, I'll take you there. You'll love it. Sounds great. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> um, if you want to check out that tarot card uh, we were discussing a little back uh, ago, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which you can find over at zososcorner.substack.com. Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack. It's uh, all part of the value for value model that we present, meaning there's no paywalls or um, anything that you have to pay for. It's totally open and free if you want to. Sign up all of our uh, references to articles, music that we play, uh, producer credits, tarot cards. It's all posted up out there so you can check it out. And um, I find myself going back to to consult them quite often. (laughs) They're invaluable. Zososcorner.substack.com. They're the show notes that add delicious flavor to this program. And if you haven't checked them out, then you're missing out a good chunk of the show or the content. The kids say, mm-hmm. and uh, we do broadcast this delicious show live every Monday night, starting at uh, nine uh, nine thirty. Excuse me, seven thirty Pacific, nine thirty Central, ten thirty Eastern, both on the No Agenda Stream, Bad Radio Live, and in a new podcast app. If they support live, yeah, yeah. If you don't have a new podcast app or a nude podcast app, you should do that. Do that. Do it. The old ones suck. Do it. Yeah. You know they do. You know they do. If, um, you know, there's just, uh, there's, there's just so much cooler things that can be done outside of the realms of Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you really should be treating yourself. Treat yourself. Dude, I found out that the Motu has reverb, and, and now I just need to figure out how to pipe it in so everybody can hear it. Oh, well, see, I just press a button. Well, we all can't have certain privileges like that, okay? Button privilege. Oh, well, you know, it's my privilege as a button man. (laughs) I'll have you know, sir, that my family's been buttoning for generations. (laughs) Well, my daddy, my, my daddy's daddy, my daddy's daddy's daddies, my daddy's 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 daddies. Button us. Button is down the line. Uh, one of the features included in Podcasting 2.0 is the ability to send Bitcoin over the Lightning Network uh, in the form of Boostergrams, uh, or you can stream sats to the show. Uh, there's a lot of apps out there that support that. I don't know if you saw this post from Mitch, um, but we have Podverse, CurioCaster, and I think Fountain. I'd have to go back and check. Um, we have them written into the value split. They get 1% to, you know, just add tack on more to, to support them. And Mitch had made a post at Podverse between three other shows that had included them on the value split. It was, uh, it was quite a lot of sats over a one month period. I think it was 600,000 sats. 1%. Of ours, or or is that of three shows? The three shows, the three shows combined equal ah. about six hundred thousand sats. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, you know that's probably one of my favorite aspects about podcasting two is that we can very much legitimate uh, 
monetize this as a production where um, the stats that you send then get sent to other places, you know, people that help us do what we do. Um, it's very, very circular in nation and very powerful. Yeah, and a very uh, interactive way of of rewarding producership who make sure that just about every, you know, bit of it gets marked and, and a piece of it goes away to the people that deserve it because this is how the system works. Value for value. Producers, we don't have ads. We don't have commercials. We just have people, a community, a beautiful community of people who uh, listen to the show or support the show in a number of ways. Emails, financial contributions, music, art. ISOs. ISOs, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be Booberry's friend, send them ISOs. <laughs> And uh, and if you want to be my friend, send us music. We've got some wonderful music uh, that is producer made in the intermission. Mm-hmm. If this is your first time listening to the show, our show is split into two acts, and uh, we have a really uh, sexy intermission in the middle. And we've got plenty of people to thank for that today. So that that's what it's all about. Yeah, baby. Um, do you want to get into some boostergrams? Uh, yeah, if you want, yeah, sure. Because uh, there was one from last oh, week, yeah, where we missed, uh, and I can't believe that we had such a high, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a very publicly known sort of figure. There's a lot of attention on him these days. You might recognize him by uh, the name Klaus Schwab, perhaps. Klausy boy, Klaus Schwab. That's yep, that's right. Klaus Schwab boosted. Uh, the live tag through Podverse last week for a 1,881 sats saying, eat the bugs. 1,881 sats. That's a, that's a billionaire boost right there. Mm-hmm. Nice work, Klaus. Thank you. I'm, I'm a little surprised that, um, that, that you're into the show, but you know, I, we're definitely like about as free as an open, duo as it gets you know yeah but don't get it wrong though we're big fans (laughs) big fans (laughs) we follow your work quite closely so we appreciate you listening to the show and following ours in return oh man if you ever want to give us uh, an invite you know maybe we could get a marche badge over to uh, the next davos you know maybe you can be on the show who knows that would be fun it would be cool just just uh, think it over, Klaus. Yeah, have your people reach our people. Uh, we had 12,000 stats from Ned Ned from Fountain saying tasty. Oh, Ned Ned. Sir Ned Ned. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that dude was hanging out with us. Uh, it's sensational. What day was it? I think Ooh. it was like Friday, Friday night or something. Uh, I was doing a test stream, making sure things were working. <laughs> Uh, Up here, tube. Yeah, uh, that was the second day. Uh, Lightbright was like, "Hey, maybe you should like do something fun with a computer for a little bit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, "I want to see a game on it." <laughs> One of the things that always amazes me, you know, is that you, you you're not. I mean, you like video games, but you don't play them all the time. I love video games. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you hopped on the stream for a little bit. That's cool. We we should do more of that. I was I was glad you did that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally game, and 
I think that would be a fun time to bounce around some additional ideas for uh, future endeavors as it stands. Yeah, we've we've been talking about doing some stuff here, Tube. Some things. Some things and stuff. Very soon, actually. Hopefully. Maybe in the next month or so. Uh, we or, had, or sooner. Perhaps. Uh, we had one. I'm sorry. 6666 from Make Heroism through Fountain two days ago. Thank you, Make Heroism. He wanted a, a little goat. I was thinking it would be cool to have a way to, uh, you know, this mythical st- audio stream that we keep talking about a 24 hour stream of uh, shows that we've had guests on um, and content in general readings and books yeah, and short the, stories the Cooper and, stuff. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. All, all kinds of stuff. Ideally I want gal to be tied into that 24 seven. So mm-hmm. if you just like, you know what I'm having that sort of day, I'm going to tune in for like five seconds and I want to murder myself a goat. I can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I, it seems I, only right. And I think, um, I think make heroism. I think I'm going to take care of a goat for him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. No idea. I had it coming. Gave him the nest works. <laughs> uh, we had boosty steed, Dane boosty steed. Coming through for one, two, three, four, five sats through Fountain. And uh, if you were unaware, she had requested last week uh, that we turn the I am a good boy. I am a good boy. Into a boostergram. So if you want to sexually uh, gratify the dolphin, uh, <laughs> tell him he's a good boy. Uh, one, two, three, four, five is the number. Yeah. We had 88, 88 from Make Heroism through Fountain. Uh, that was the Torch and the Gimp there. Uh, and then 13, uh, excuse me, 13,696 sets from Make Heroism through Fountain. And that was uh, just a shout out to the both of them. I'm, I'm using their coaster that they sent me. Meet me at the piss party. Yeah. <laughs> piss. <laughs> come in peace. I come in peace. I come in peace. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> come uh, in the name of peace. Come in the name of peace. <laughs> there you go. Piss. <laughs> oh, Dalgen. I'd rather be pissed on than pissed off. Dirty. That's. I, I like that. I, I agree with that. <laughs> that means you're gonna piss on him. Especially, you got one of those dang old jellyfish. Bites, man. Jellyfish bites you, man. I've heard, I've heard that's a myth, but I'm still okay with this scenario. Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> uh, speaking and of, it ain't going to WebMD, son. No. Speaking of finding out, Mary Kid Ultra is trying to find out with one, two, three, four, five, boosting the good boy through Fountain, saying, "Won't somebody please think of the dolphins?" No. <laughs> <laughs> we will think about them as we, we've all been thinking about the dolphins a lot it's, lately. It's, <laughs> Good night, cold acid. Uh, so what, well, you know, what we'll do in the name of science. I love it. Ain't nothing. Nothing. 
Speed of science. Uh, we had 1,111, excuse me, 11,111 stats from Bully Steed saying Mothman attracted to the light bulb of ideas. Yeah, Boosty Steed, yeah. Oh, man, if I could just have a way to, like, I don't know, do something with the bulbs. Got so many things. Not enough time, man. Not enough time. Oh, we got two more here. Sir Spencer, he knows a thing or two about the dolphin. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five through CurioCaster. And uh, he said, good boys do rails. Snowflake dolphin, <laughs> snowflake dolphin. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Oh, my God. Stop, stop, stop. Sorry. I accidentally did have that bell on repeat. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and then last was Servo about four minutes ago through Podverse uh, for 1062 saying it's sensational. It's sensational. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Servo. Yeah, and that's the that's the boostograms that we've had come in from uh, between last week and tonight. Um, we still got uh, all of that. There. I will say, I will say that on the way home from work, I brought a hammer. So, if somebody finds it, let me know. I might have mis- misplaced it here in the green room. Mm, um, mm. Uh, but yeah, nudepodcastapps.com. Uh, try out one of the, the new new apps. You got the live, you got the chapters, you got the, the boostergrams. All of it is um, it's the way it was meant to be. When I do it, it's based. When you do it, it's cringe. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. We're really powerful. <laughs> We're MK Ultra over here. You don't have a lucky crack button? I hate this place. Nothing works here. The medications don't work. The scream mails work though. Can confirm. They certainly do. Uh, if you call 612 263 7999. I almost said the Nick the Rat number because I've been doing stuff for Nick the Rat. Ooh, I'm excited to hear that one, no doubt. Oh, that'll pop up sometime eventually. <laughs> Super secret though. Don't tell anyone, anyone. Uh, yes. I am a good boy. I can do that. Um, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> let's, let's see what caller's got to say. Oh. 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 I was oh. screaming. That wasn't a uh, special scream. Open it. Oh, uh, yeah. Behind the schemes with uh, Lavash and uh, Blueberry Mothman of the Waving Flag. I don't know what flag it is, but, you know, it's way. Neither does he. Off in the distance, I can't really tell. Anyway, uh, a yeah. black flag. Scream. Other friend in the net, a relative that died, and me. It's like four deaths in the last like four months, mm-hmm. I feel like ish. And then, uh, granted, I only knew one of the people, only met one of the persons, but uh, yeah, just with friends, family, just, but not. And uh, yeah. We're just going to go with the theme here, I feel like, but uh, uh, 
I think I might have mentioned it last week, but yeah, the one the one that there was one last week, and uh, there, this person was not in a good position, and they ended up passing, and uh, yeah, and uh, very very extenuating circumstances or whatnot, but uh, just one of those like, man, if uh, what it could have should have, I didn't know the person, but uh, just talking to people that did know them, and just like, what if you know people had reached out more to them, and. Uh, sort of thing and what happened happened and uh couldn't stuff couldn't have been stopped but yeah just one of those uh you just never know and uh you know whether it's natural or not you know i guess but uh yeah just reach out to those people just uh you know give somebody a call give somebody or you know whatever it is and uh Hit him up, you know, hey, I was thinking about, yeah, kind of thing or whatever. And I'm bad at that. I'm I'm not good with that at all. But uh, even just some people I do talk to, I was like talking to my wife. I was like, yeah, I need to start calling so-and-so more, even though I see him on a regular basis. But just kind of checking in on the person during the week and whatnot and uh, just being able to be better for that, be there for them and whatnot. So anyway, yeah, I just feel like a broken record. But yeah, that, that's that. So I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And, you know, whether or not you've lost a loved one recently or you haven't lost one at all, go ahead and say, Watch out for the well caller. (laughs) Man, that was a good call right there. Uh, Stay dangerous, my friend. Fantastic call, caller. Thank you, thank you, Chris, for battles. And man, I hope you, I hope you're well, man. Uh, seem to be doing the right things, taking the right steps. Uh, just keep on keeping on, brother, and uh, calling anytime. We, we we love hearing from you. Yeah, and uh, it just reminds me of a uh, a friend of mine from tour. You know, it was uh, we talked a month later. Couldn't talk no more. I was like, damn. Should have said something more. Or did I fuck up by not, by not asking more? And then he just sitting there wrestling with it. And either way, can't really change it. <sighs> well, thank you again, uh, comrade Christopher Battles. And uh, we still got plenty of time tonight. So all you got to do, pull out your phone. It's the easiest way to produce this production uh, and that's by calling 612-263-7999-SXXY. Because we gotta. Because uh, we gotta. Because <laughs> I gotta. Because I gotta. Uh, well, I don't really have too terribly much prepared, but there are a couple of things that I could certainly discuss. So I'm still feeling like uh, rolling the dice. Okay, if you'd like. No, but I don't know where I put them. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I would, you know, just let you do it. Oh, no, got to. It's going to be a real show. Okay. I got got a D12. D12. My desk is still piled up on the bed behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, D12, and let's roll closest to 12. Um, Can kick the party off. Kicks a party, okay. And, uh, 
There we go. I did a not so good. Oh, I got the six. I got the three. Oh, Rip. six to three. Well, um, dang. kick us off there. Well, I got some exciting news. Uh, think we talked a little bit about it last week, but um, Lightbright was uh, instrumental in helping me uh, procure a new machine to broadcast, and that's what's coming to you live uh, tonight. A new machine, so you got the tower up and running. Mm-hmm. And All right. In a stroke of just sheer madness, I decided to Christian her big sis. I'm going to start referring to you know how people are like uh, Carolyn's broadcasting from uh, 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 Hog Story Polaris. Uh-huh. Midnight Mike's got Command Center Alpha One. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Broadcasting on big sis. You got Big Sis. That's the name of the, the battle station. Well, there you go. Yeah. And it's been fairly seamless. There wasn't too many hiccups. Um, it was. Well, before you go on, what did you, what did you christen it with? Did you hit it with like a champagne bottle or? <laughs> I do have uh, some wine that you dropped off <laughs> when you were here. I thought about it. <laughs> Just, Just dumping it. the wine on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you blame me. Lavish, look what your wine did, man. Oh, you, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, God. No, no. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, no, no. All you got to do is give her a little, and you're good to go. Right mm-hmm. in the face. And she's good. Well, I figured uh, the cat's uh, scratching at the side was probably more than enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's That'll this? continue. Was this hard, flat, new surface? Mm, let me scratch it. Ah, goodness. Uh, so, yeah, I've been slowly getting everything transferred over. Uh, been playing around with doing backups of stuff and getting into said backups when you move it to a different machine and... Um, you know, taking ownership of it feels good. Mm. The other thing that I've been kind of chewing on is I'm, I really want to start redoing how the assets for the show are archived because as it stands now, there exists or there previously existed, um, a running desktop folder count. So every week there would be a new numbered folder created. So 144, 143, 42, 41, so on and so forth. Each one of those folders is pretty much anything that I'm working on, working on for that week gets dumped up into there. So then it's split into like clips, ISOs, videos, so on and so forth. But what I found is every time that I have to move this stuff, I always have to put the folders onto the desktop or it breaks all the soundboards. So mm. been, I, I recall you talking about this in the past and it's, it's not the end of the world, but it's just tedious because you have to go in there, track them down, relink them, so on and so forth. So I've been playing around with a new idea where I make a master folder and then 
consider each one of those asset folders like you would master materia from Final Fantasy VII. So then all of the clips for all of the episodes go into the clips folder. All of the ISOs for all of the shows go into the ISO folder, videos, so on and so forth. So that way, if if I need to move ISOs, it's only like two gigs out of the 200. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, I understand that it's probably a little problematic that I deemed the folder BTS master. Um, if anybody's got a better <laughs> suggestion for a name, totally game. Just got to let uh, me know. You should do a folder Pappy. Ooh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh man so it's just um it's it's weird it's i'm starting to really appreciate um developers when they're discussing you know you're gonna have to pick some form of code basis and that's what you're sticking with whether you like it from or not from here on out and um yeah i'm just trying to think of how to make a more robust mobile uh, archive. So if anybody's got ideas, I'm definitely game to talk. Uh, Nam and I actually had a phone call about it. <laughs> He's a good guy to talk to about that sort of thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is the fun thing that us podcasters talk to each other about. It's, it's important. You know, if, if we're going to go through the time of producing receipts of everything that we bring to the show, then it should still be in a position where you can easily recall it. Of course. And the archiving is, is so important. And, you know, it's... I'm Without I'm, it, we're, de- we're delegitimized. Can't just whip up all the stuff we've done. Yeah, I mean, like, I I agree in a in a... You know, sort of joking side of joking set aside, it's 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 just very important. It's important for me. Uh-huh. Um, An important mountain of data. Yes, let me justify my digital hoarding. God damn it! Well, you don't got to excuse yourself <laughs> to me. I, I love digital hoarding. I've got files on files, detailed like, files, detailed <laughs> dossiers <laughs> <laughs> on many subjects. Oh man. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's, I, I've realized immediately that just labeling the folders inside of each master material folder, uh, just labeling them by numbers is untenable. Cause if you've got four tabs open and they all say 145, you have fucked yourself. Mm, indeed. So. Really? And by four tabs, you mean. 30 tabs. 30 tabs deep. At least. Always. (laughs) You know, you just reminded me, with all your your upgrades and things going on, I have also upgraded, and I now doubled my tab, uh, my tabability, my tability, with a second screen. Oh my god, it took me so long. I finally got a second monitor. How's it feel? I don't know what. It feels like I'm an asshole for not getting this thing a long time ago, because... I've got one at work. I've got two screens at work. Really, I should have like four or five. I went to Spencer's, you know, I went to Spencer and Lauren's, and he's got a whole battle station. And I was like, God damn it, I need this. 
One one monitor is just so pleb. It's rough. It's rough. So pleb. To go from four monitors to one is rough. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you about a little trip to Nashville. <laughs> that is not the way. Oh yeah, the Nashville trip. See me doing all of that off of my well, I was not doing as much as you on the computer, but just off of my laptop. Trying to get the chat room, you're trying to get your notes, you're trying to get all this other stuff, the ISOs, everything. It's uh <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed bringing it up. I feel like, I really feel like you gotta have two, man. It's just having one is just so nineteen ninety-eight. Do you want me to cut that out and post? <laughs> yeah. Make sense of this whole part. Yeah. Um I don't know anyway. I don't know if anybody's actually hit it, but if you want to censor us in real time, that's fifty five fifty five in a boostergram. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. That's a real fucking thing, by the way. Um I did end up adding a fourth monitor. I was rocking three for the longest time, but then you get rid of the laptop, that puts you down one. And then I actually pulled out the two original monitors that I had when I first started like trying to settle into a, to a workstation more. Um, so then I slapped these other two. Now I have like a dedicated window for mix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Looks good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a be- It's a thing of beauty. I tell you, everyone should have a battle station. You should see my backside. <laughs> it's, it's just a pile of stuff. <laughs> Don't we ISO? You should see my backside. ISO, see my backside. Oh, not even doing it. Got it. Nice. Oh, you forgot the uh, dollar sign. Oh, oops. Um. Yeah, I would agree. Monitors. It's it's nice to be able to monitor several things all at the same time. Indeed, that's why they called a monitor. It's totally up my chat game. As of right now, I basically just have the chat over there and then everything else over here. So I just constant tube of of chat gruel going into my eyeballs. Oh, dude, at some point when a fifth monitor shows up, maybe even a little like uh, just a little mini one. The chat should get its own monitor. I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. The chat deserves its own monitor. Absolutely. Let me, I'm actually gonna, I'm, I've got the real bell here and I was able to back the noise gate off because there's no laptop fan sitting beside my head. Oh. Nice. That's a genuine artisanal bell there. No doubt. The other one, the other monitor you got to get, this is the thing that I saw at Spencer's that really was like, oh, I got to do that, is the one that's just bolted into the wall. Oh. Or maybe not bolted in the wall, but just, you know, installed right there on the, on the drywall. Mm-hmm. So you've got the ones on your desk, and then you've got, you're basically like your stock market ticker type screens on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's where I'd put the chat. It would, it would loom over me like a great eye. Just the way I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of things that I feel like have opened up 
in far as far as being able to produce different types of things. Um, I've really been intrigued by what Nick the Rat has done with uh, VideoTube. Mm-hmm. And you and I have discussed it a little bit in private, but um, I, th- I really think it would be feasible to have a live public access animated sort of version of this show. There's just a lot of things to figure out. Like, um, for example, would you be able to remote to my computer to then have control via hotkey of your puppet for reactions and shit like that? Mm, mm. Cause you can cycle through different gestures that the thing makes. You just have to animate each one of them. Right. Oh, I'd love that. If I could hack your, your computer. So it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I've <laughs> never, never seen anything like it before. So it's, uh, kind of up our wheelhouse cause it's all gifts based off of what Nick was telling me. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of different, um, animation pixel art animation apps that I was looking at. But I mean, the other thing too is, if you go and find assets from old 16-bit games and you isolate them and segment them out, I mean, you kind of have a working model there to to build off of. Oh, yeah. We could become 16-bit artists. Exactly. And you can even take it as far as like, oh, you know, this is the quote-unquote Super Mario run, or this is the quote-unquote Final Fantasy VI run so on and so forth. And you just sort of utilize assets and, and tool them in the way that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, for the show. But I want to see, I want to see OBS or whatever it would be like triggering, uh, trick triggering, triggering visual boostergrams. So there's a sound, uh, there's a, uh, a gif associated with the actual boostergram. Um, I think that would be super phenomenal. You could have a multicam setup, uh, just like you would a public access show and then transition to presentation mode. And then we could get some, you know, if there's videos of clips or whatever. Um, right. It's, it's very cool. It's very cool. Very legal, as they say. It's the kind of, um, styling that, that we would desire in a video project mm-hmm. if we were to commit to a video project. And, yeah, I think that would be um, a much more dynamic sort of approach to video than the sort of standard, you know, uh, camera A, camera B. Green screen, yeah. showing our mugs. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, there's a lot to think, a lot of things to, to uh, check out. I forget the name of the actual um, pixel app that I was looking at, but... It's uh it looked nice. I'll have to dig it up here in a um in a little bit. Uh so yeah, that's kind of where um I'm standing on my side as far as just getting settled in and things I'm chewing on. Um still definitely want to take some aspect of the archives and start having them publicly posted in a sort of wiki type fashion thing. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out what kind of server we would need and whether or not we want to try and run it, or if we would want 
Prometheus uh, systems to run it for us. Um, so definitely open to any suggestions. And if people want to get in on it, you know, it's all going to be value for value, just like everything else. Damn it. Yeah. Get yourself a touch of that split. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the state of the show as it stands now. Yep. Things in the works. Things in the works. Um, I am seeing that, uh, BTS shop over at spook.social, which, um, spook.social is a Mastodon instance that we uh, run and maintain totally free. If you want to come get some Fetty action, you should come join us. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, if you're looking for an alternative, a social media alternative, spook.social, got to check it out. And, uh, I've seen that, uh, make heroism and Mary Kate ultra have posted this over at spook.social. So maybe this is a good time to discuss this pin. <laughs> um, they went and posted, uh, some images of an enamel pin that they've been working on for the, uh, upcoming episode 150. Yes, indeed. They've been, uh, cooking up a, a sweet little action for us and send us all these little pins. I got mine right here in my hand. These are very high quality pins here, people. Very beautiful. And it's, um, we, do have uh, a couple of plans going forward. I'm still waiting. Let's I'll just throw it out there. Um, I, so the reason why I nuked the website a couple of weeks, weeks ago, I was trying to create a subdomain that I could then turn and point a BTC pay server to. And I was moderately successful, except I found voltage was going to be pretty expensive for what we needed it for. And I decided to take the voltage node, which was tied to the BTC pay server, which was tied to the website. I was trying to pull that out of there and put in a Luna node, which was recon- um, recommended by the uh, lightning dot store guys, uh, Sam. And that's where I ended up uh, unhosting the website instead of just pointing the DNSA record, which was super easy. And uh, I have been working on creating a web store where you can um, you can actually set the minimums and people can pay whatever they want. So it's kind of become its own sort of uh, value for value web store. Um, at this point, I'm just waiting for the Luna node to sync, which it's sitting at 56% right now. Mm. 69, nice. uh, 58, sorry, 58%. So over halfway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool idea. Uh, get the MKs involved and yeah, ho- hopefully it'll be up and running for 150. Yeah. I think this is probably going to need another two days to get synced. Um, but I was already testing the BTC pay server with the website through voltage and it was working. I was able to determine my own amount that I wanted to send for said product. Um, and it turns out there's just a plugin where you can set the minimum, set the maximum. And, uh, you know, from there it's up to, to whoever. Um, now, Servo's asking how many sats per pin. 
uh, Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra, um, they did have a minimum that they wanted to do just to kind of recoup the actual cost of the pins. Um, so I believe, uh, I, th- I don't know how many sats off the top of my head. I'm not sure if we have a, a r- real n- number determined as of yet. Okay. We'll, we'll get that for you, but it is. I think we've got a rough number, but we should confirm with them first. Mm-hmm. But my intention is to then um, start doing monthly, twice monthly, or I'm sorry, not twice monthly, but like whatever, every two months is called doing little sticker packs and just have them up there. And, you know, it would, the only minimum is just to cover shipping and it's open from there. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh <laughs> Tunta. Yes, you're right. It is worth one full Bitcoin to me. <laughs> Well, that's why we've got minimums and maximums. <laughs> Pay what you can. <laughs> um, it's uh, oh, totally fucking blew my train of thought out of the water. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Just start talking one full Bitcoin. <laughs> that that Bitcoin bend over and I forgot my name. Start seeing dollar signs. <laughs> I mean, sorry, uh, BTC signs. Um. Now, I did flirt with the idea of getting the website, the new one, set up to receive Stripe payments, but then I realized what this is all about, goddammit, and decided to maybe forego the Stripe payments for now. Stripe is what uh, a lot of providers use for um, just processing transactions. You know, it's it's no different than, like, MasterCard, as an example. Um and they are a service that is known to deplatform people all the time. And, you know, you could you could get banned off of PayPal. You can get banned off of Venmo. And then you turn to an organization like Locals. Well, turns out that Locals uses a group called Stripe. And there was an example I had seen of somebody that had been accused by Stripe of selling ammunition. And it wasn't necessarily the case, but they still delisted him and barred him from using their services, which was to take credit card transactions. So they're not, uh, not a good group. There is PayPal integration that is set up. It's a little creepy on the back end when you get it all set up, I will say. Um, but you know, the plugins working from what I can tell. So the uh, as it stands now, if if everything gets up and working and, and is going smooth, you'll be able to actually generate a cart, submit a mailing address, and pay with either uh, Bitcoin, Lightning, or PayPal. <sighs> Delightful. Well worth <laughs> unlisting the website. <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> when I do it, it's based. When you do it, it's cringe. Um, so yeah, that I'm, I'm so, so thrilled to see all of that come, uh, come together and just thinking back to the conversation that Spencer and Lori and I uh, had had, uh, not this previous bowls with buds, but the one prior and just, you know, this idea that's just been formulating in the background is finally getting some, some action, getting Mm -hmm. some heat, getting some steam going, baby. 
Well, sounds awesome to me. Yeah. And um, with the summer coming up, hopefully I can get some additional time off and uh, we'll try it again with, I don't know, try printing a, st- a t-shirt or something here at the house. Um, <laughs> additional time off. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I like, I like your thinking. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so well, that'd be wonderful. Uh, yeah. And, and I think these pins are the perfect thing, the perfect catalyst to set this little journey off. Totally. Yeah. And thanks so much to make heroism and Mary Kate ultra for all the value that they provide as I sip from their koozie that they sent me. Yeah. Those, uh, they are some truly swell individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's just such a, pleasure to be able to to work with folks like them servo cotton gin yourself lavish uh, just everybody that that is here and um not here sometimes it's just it's 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 what makes it worth it man all makes it's all coming together (laughs) eat it eat it eat it eat it oh no where's my button i can't find any of my buttons (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're probably like they're so satisfied and crying at the same time <laughs> uh, have a good night Midas no no Midas he's a cool guy dot FYI who him he's a cool guy <laughs> great domain <laughs> Um. so yeah that's uh. that's what I got I believe where are we at for time I think I've rambled uh, long enough. You want to do some voicemails and get an intermission? Sure, sure. Uh, if that is your pleasure, sir. All right. Let's see what they got. Ooh, they arrowed us. Spooky. They gave us the old Steve Tyler. Yeah. There Sneaky you go. bastards. Steven Tyler, is that you? Steamy Tyler coming in the bag. Um, let's, let's hold off. Let's hold off. I think it might be his birthday today. Hold on. (laughs) I have to confirm this real quick. Whose birthday? It is his birthday. Oh, it was his birthday yesterday. Steve Tyler, born March 26th, born Steven Victor Tayarico. Oh, man. Well, I don't. One of the creepiest front men to ever live. I don't have any, um, <laughs> I don't have any birthday ISOs, but I have that Christopher Cuomo birthday song from Robert Rainbow, Rainbow, whatever his name was. Probably. Robert Rainbow was the guy's name? The Cuomo sexual guy. Oh. Christopher oh, yeah, Cuomo. Whenever I feel sad and all the news is bad. My Cuomo Prime Time helps to get me through. I just got a subpoena from your other wife, Christina, to make this special birthday gift for you. Just 
my Chris, my Cuomo. <laughs> I'm a Cuomo. Thank the wall. You can really see those nipple bolts right through the shirt. And that's why he's my Chris Cuomo. <laughs> Sir Spencer says that Steve Tyler, son of a bitch, knocked his sister over at the Plaza Art Fair in the 90s when she was like two years old. What a dick. Fuck that guy. I'm not oh, what a I'm, dick. I'm not. I'm really not a Steven Tyler I mean, there's a couple of Aerosmith I'm not an Aerosmith that, guy either, trust me. I mean, Mommykin does it for me, but... Uh, love in an elevator. Uh, uh, it's so corny. Uh, what's the train kept rolling all night long? That one's a cover, but they do a good one of it. Oh, and of course, uh, Big Ten Inch. Mmm. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Steve says, please stop. Is it because Spotify is gonna gonna get us? I don't know. But uh her, her ears are bleeding. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we've we've brought on the Steven Tyler business too too far. Uh oh, too far. Stop that. My bad. We'll knock it off. <laughs> we'll knock it off. Well, happy seventy fifth birthday, Steve. Yeah, he's getting up there, man. Um sweet. Uh, do we have any more uh, meme scrails? Uh, we do have a text message. Uh, we do not have a no. They do have a. We do have a text message. Uh, Ew! Ew. <laughs> sorry, titties. Uh, in a sense, yeah, yeah. Uh, collective titties. Let's see. Make sure. I'm trying to make sure that I start uh, labeling um, images too. You know, so I can go back and find them easy because I, I want to be on top of my shit. But uh, I will <laughs> send a link to what Texter had to had to say here in the in the green room. I can read you here his uh, his message. Uh, and <laughs> Texter said, and they never offered to feed me with the other side, not once. Dot dot dot. Hey, uh, you gonna share some of that? <laughs> and I hope you brought enough for everyone. <laughs> Uh, so Texter has sent in an image uh, with the caption saying, my only problem with women breastfeeding in public is they never wink back. And it's and, too bad. And it's an image of a woman breastfeeding. Um, she got a nice healthy titty on that one, too. Robust. Robust. Very, abort. Very, very robust. Um, you could feed the whole kingdom of Rome off that one tit. The kingdom of Rome. <laughs> um, well, thank you for the uh, for the insights uh, <laughs> into your woes, Texter. <laughs> yes, sorry, Texter. Hopefully, the the great nipple of fortune bestows itself upon you. It's a tit. Tit tits. <laughs> um. Let's uh let's roll into some intermission. It's about that time. Okay. Well, uh intermission technically made by me, but half of it is is uh brought to you by these fine producers and you can find the credits for them in the show notes zososcorner.substack.com. I hope you enjoy. This is a oh. really great track. A really great track from Tinsa. It's good oh, shit. Yeah. It's a banger right out the gate from Junto.
We now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, 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 Booberry. Welcome back to second second half of show for Behind the Schemes, episode 145. Indeed, indeed. It is March 27th, 2023. It's 9.12 p.m. over here in the bereft, which means it's 11.12 over there in the central, which means it is 12.12, midnight 12 over there in the east. Uh, That's all of the important American time zones. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, Don't man. at me, Mountain Time. I uh, I was thinking about this during intermission. Um, there was one other quick thing that happened this week that I definitely wanted to just shout out. I've never done anything like it before, but for this upcoming production of Alice in Wonderland, I ended up doing six foot, six inch uh, sacred geometry circles, and we ended up gritting out a uh, black and white hexagon triangle pattern on the floor. Yeah, I saw some pics. It was looking good. It's it's very wild. appropriate for uh Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And these hexagons they're they're pretty fucking straight, man. <laughs> mm. Well they wouldn't be very happy with you if they weren't. Uh yeah, no doubt. Um nice. So yeah, I mean we ended up making a giant uh Compass out of compass out of a wooden dowel, uh, a nail stuck into the dowel, and then just cut a thin strip of two by four, drilled two holes, and then took a piece of bamboo, sh- clamped a piece of chalk in there with a spring clip, and spun a circle and did it like just enough to cover the stage. Snapped all the chalk lines, taped them, painted them, good to go. Hot, hot, hot! Carpentry at work. Yeah, man, it's, uh, everybody was really into it. Like, whoa, everything, this just looks like a bunch of flowers. I was like, (laughs) oh, really? (laughs) You don't say. Pull up a chair, young one. (laughs) Let me tell you a thing or three. Um, You got pics in the chat of, of all of this. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to remember to add into the show notes tonight. Um, Yeah. Which, if you want to hang out with us on the best chat platform, IRC, you can go, you can always go to badradio.live. There's a link to a Kiwi chat that you can use, or if you get your own client, irc.zeronode.net, hashtag greenroom. Indeed, yes, badradio.live, in case you don't have a client, and uh, if you're new to the whole IRC chat room thing. And there's also a link for it in the show notes, zososcorner.substack.com. If you're not in the chat room, then you're missing out. That stuff too. And we definitely have a couple of people to thank for to help and produce tonight's episode. Indeed. Uh, we are a value for value production. So we like to thank all of our producers at the second, second half of the show. Do you want to get started with these folks? I want to double check the PayPal and make sure I didn't miss nobody. No problem. Well, I would very much like to thank Mr. Junta, Sir Junta. For a couple of things. First of all, he came in with the new song for tonight's intermission, the one that kicked it off. And I thought it was a banger, and I really appreciate him uh, sending that in and letting us use it with his explicit permission. I also want to thank him uh, for shouting us out on No Agenda last week. Oh, where's well, my, For his knighting. My real bell. That's yeah. Awesome. That was super sweet. Uh, he, he came in, and he, and he got his knighthood. He's now Sir Junta. Yeah. And uh, he gave us a nice little shout-out in his in his note, so thank you. Uh, ah, Junta. 
Can you June? Can you remind me? It was uh, Night of the Ditch People. Is that correct? You'll uh, have to clarify that uh, that for us. Please do. I want to make sure that um, that we get that uh, uh, written into our brains. Indeed, or if maybe it might be on the the NA show. Not soon as, but if he wants to let us know, he can. And I'm actually I'm glad that I did circle back and check the uh, the PayPal of the Ditch People. Cool, Sergeant of the Ditch People. Nice, yeah, nice. Um, and I am seeing that he had uh, a reoccurring donation of three dollars and thirty three cents come through. Uh, Whoa, we got a lot to thank him for. Yeah, <laughs> it's a triple threat. <laughs> Thank you, Junta. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude. It's, um... The Lord of this world is behind the scheme! Damn. A woman. So much... Oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I... How could I have forgotten about that one? What is wrong with me? Hallelujah! A woman! There it is. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> like that guy. We'll hang out again. Soon. Uh soon. Uh let's see. Who else we got in the freaks? We got Mr. Ed. The illustrious Mr. Ed. He came in with a super magic number of thirty-three dollars through the PayPal. And he also had this nice note to say. He said, Hey, I just sent some value your way. Thirty-three dollars. But since this is value for value, I guess I still owe you. Hmm. I'm not sure how that works, but we appreciate it anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ed. He's a, uh, he has sent in some really phenomenal tunage. Uh, yeah. I was looking at some of the, the copyright stuff and I wanted to include, uh, I did some of the punk rock stuff in a couple of intermissions. Um, uh, the other stuff it's, it's really good for, uh, pre streams, post streams, lots of really great Mexican punk and metal. Some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, in constant uh, conversation as well. Yeah. And a little tidbit, so thank you, man. I should find a way to uh, publish this playlist so people can check them out. Um, right. I'll have to circle back on that, as they say. Yeah, I'll circle back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw Pisaki was on the old Colbert. Uh, I like the, they've been ripping her a little bit. I haven't seen any pictures of her. I, I heard it was kind of a train wreck, but... Um, of course it was. Almost as much of a train wreck as Julia Louis-Dreyfus meeting Biden and Kamala Harris. Ugh. Which I saw today on the tweets. Uh, also, I'd like to thank Spaz and Mama Berry. Uh, the, the, the creators, the forgers of the moth. They had a monthly donation... Of uh, $9.99 land. So thank you both. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, Mama Berry uh, doesn't hang out live all that much. We'll catch her sometimes at the beginning of the show. But um, she's hanging out in, in the post for sure. So I definitely mm-hmm. want to say hello and thank you. And uh, we love you all. Yeah. Much child, much bless. Very, very kind folks. Um, before we move on, uh, there was another individual that we'll need to write in for tonight, and that is Captain Oblivious, because he had a donation of $5.55. Oh, Captain. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Captain, my Captain. Oh, Captain. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. 
Um, the reoccurring stuff's awesome. It's what helps uh, spook dot social stay afloat. So, uh oh, oh no, oh no, he's back, he's back. Fire it up, the kazoo. And by the way, be sure to tune in to Bowl After Bowl, featuring Bowls with Buds, this coming Friday with Tunta, Sir Tunta of the Ditch People. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Feel it? You bathing in it? Oh, thank you, Pizar. He found the hammer for us. I knew it was it was here somewhere. He was bound to find it eventually. That guy's so darn resourceful when it comes to killing goats. Uh, he shows up and he gets the job done. Uh, no, no qualms about it. He's not a squeamish individual. That Pizar. Twelve, twelve goats. Slaughtered to the man himself. Thank you, Pitar. Uh, it's it's vicious. It's cruel. It's a little ludicrous, no doubt. But it is certainly necessary for a thriving esoteric ecosystem. One must the the uh, was it, the fields of liberty must be drenched with the blood of goats. Mm, no doubt. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> these fucking goats. It's stupid. They're so stupid. They're so easily killable. They were stupid. Is there a goat doctor in our audience? Because I think I may need a goat doctor. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. There. So uh, there is a new uh, boost of goats. Oh. Yes, and you kind of caught it there at the end. Um, but let me just kill another goat and make sure we know what's up. Drop the hammer. Mmm, tenderized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pelosiized. Mmm. <laughs> you give them the old Paul treatment. I like it. Oh, yeah. Well, we're never at a lack of weaponry for the goats. I I do understand that it's a lot of just sort of uh, blunt objects hitting at goats. Maybe maybe they're sharp. Um, so we're always down for new murder implementations. Feel free to reach out to us, boo at behindtheschemes dot com or lavish at behindtheschemes dot com, and uh, we'll we'll be certain to do our best to hook these goats up with uh, just a myriad with whatever of- instrument <laughs> of magic you wish to bestow upon them. My personal favorite's the katana, of course. Ah, Booster Goat DX, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, slice and dice, easy peasy, you know, one good one good chop and you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. 
And Do you need a permit to slay these goats? Yeah, I got my permit right here. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, in the move, I've misplaced my, my little blade to, to swing at stuff, so... Um, I'll have to remember what the fuck, I, or where the fuck I put it. <laughs> um, there was one other individual. Uh, we were definitely um, talking about him at the beginning part of the show. Uh, but we got to circle back around to him because Make Heroism was dropping some really cool redos of the original BTS logo. And mm. um, we got those posted up in the show notes. I'll turn those into gifts. Uh, maybe if I get time tonight, I can um, I can do these up real quick. And then we'll have them uh, show up in tonight's chapter file. Hell yeah. Very, very creatively inclined. Oops. That Make Heroism. I think I posted two of the same thing like an amateur. So... Here's the other one that you need. Um, so yeah, the, thank you so much for those. It's uh, it's fun stuff. It's very dy- it adds a dynamic edge to the show. If it wasn't yeah, dynamicism, dynamicism. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, concludes us for the for the. I'll I'll add two more people just because I I didn't get them in. So Dag, Dag, uh, yes. I have to thank for providing two songs in tonight's intermission. Bangers, yes. Oh, and um, so thank you, Dag, for that. We appreciate it. And then I also want to thank Private Browsing for taking me on a little sojourn to a store where I got some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm posting one of the things in the chat. <laughs> cool stuff is cool. Cool stuff is cool. God, my camera on my phone is terrible. But I have the picture of it nonetheless. It's... uh. It's, uh, I got it right here. Big, more pages, more stories, science fiction, fantasy, fantastic. <laughs> From September 1964. Uh, it's a collection of science fiction and fantasy short stories by some of the greats, including one of my personal favorites, Isaac Asimov. Oh, yes. And I was reading one of these stories. The story of his in here is dynamite and... I'm definitely going to add it to our 24-7 stream. I'm going to do a, a reading of it and just have it in the pocket for when we, when we want it. But uh, it's a really brilliant story that I think I'd like to bring up maybe next week or maybe not at all. Just leave it for when we actually do that continuous stream. But it's a wonderful book. I, mean, lo- I love it. And uh, also, uh, I got a little goat, a uh, little goat, a little gift. <laughs> Head it your way. For, 40 and slip much? Yeah. Are you selling me a goat you. head? <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive. But I did save some money on not going with the chilled option. Oh, so mel- just be room temp. Meld it raw. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, oh natural. Living on the edge. That's just the way I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want the smell to announce it when it shows up. Oh, this guy loves the smell of dead goats. <laughs> There's nothing that quite gets me off. <laughs> That's how the Mothman comes. <laughs> I said they stink. These old goats. Oh, can you hear me with a, a cult member? The Mothman cult? Oh, uh, stink. I think I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where did I put that at? Mothman. Get yes. you on the get you on the spot. Holy Mothman, bear witness as I carry out your will. 
That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think that's mm. how, how the Mothman comes. It is. It is. True story. I never got a friendly vibe from the Mothman. Yeah, strain a little bit. Strain. <laughs> Just don't cross me. Just don't cross him, man. He's bloodthirsty, man. Mm. Get you. I have tasted human flesh, and I crave more. Killing is my business. And business is good. Business is real good. Business ramping up now. <laughs> Some say we're a little slammed, if you know what I mean. I'm a little backed up. <clears throat> I'm a little backed up. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a cool spot. Yeah, we went to Bellingham, which I told you about. You mm. have experience there. You actually uh, toured through there. This is true. Uh, a and day I or two. Didn't, didn't? Yeah, yeah. Just a just a quick one. It's an interesting little seaside town. It's uh, you know the last major American city, basically before the Canadian border, over in northern Washington. And it's a lovely little town. I I uh, give it four out of five bags of popcorn. Really, really all around. Fantastic place. There's a giant boulder, sandstone boulder, back behind the loading dock door. So <laughs> they had to do ramp city with all these platforms just to get the gear into the building because no truck can back up on account of the boulder that's right behind the fucking loading dock door. Well, that doesn't seem logistically like the right thing for them to have done to put that loading dock there. And but true. You know. But also, I was looking at the, the boulder and I was like, this is just really hard, wet sand. You could probably power wash it away. Yeah, or just, you know, take a take a little something to it. Even a sledgehammer or something, probably knock it knock it apart. Mm, perhaps a hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perhaps a katana. Perhaps a katana, yes. Oh, you don't want to do that. You ruin the beautiful blade Ooh. on the on the filthy sand. Yeah, let's just stick with the hammer. That's the sound of success. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. Allegedly. Wait, never mind. That According actually, to certain sources. Sort of ended poorly, I guess, if you really <laughs> consider it. Telling you, it's not a profession you want to go in. Doesn't work out for you. This will not bode well, no doubt. No doubt, they said. I hate yeah. this place. Nothing works here. Um, let's do a screen mail. It's about that time. Uh, there we go. Go on for my Monday run, and there's no Planet Rage to listen to after No Agenda. What the? Oh. Darn you, Darren O'Neill and and uh, Larry. Man, what do you guys got to do? Have a life? I mean. Yeah, whatever. I got to listen to the Lotus Effect, so, you know, that was cool. Bye. <laughs> well, since you're missing out, Kakaler. I, I don't get the uh, the point of having the boostograms, like, sprayed onto the troll room. And everybody, I think, was boo. That's like, ah. Darren doesn't use the boost bot. It's like, fuck the boost bot. <laughs> I mean, he does a show with this guy called Lavash who just blows it out of the park. Oh, thanks, Darren. 
Thank you, Darren. Darren, yeah, no, it's a great show. It's too bad. I guess, uh, I guess Larry was traveling. That's what so, I heard. So Darren had the day off today. Um, yeah, playing Ridge uh, Mondays at one o'clock on the No Agenda stream, one o'clock central. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, well, shit. I guess. I guess Caller needs a little Larry Blydner too. Cold, hot, wet, dry. Whatever the weather, it's the wrong weather, and it's your fucking fault. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> Larry, Mister Velvet. Ah, uh, the one, the only. Trucker's choice. And C Dubs, that that ISO is <laughs> it's pretty old from Darren, so no worries. I think uh <laughs> there was there was changes, changes of hearts. Uh you might have softened up to it a little bit. You know, I, I do I do think it's super cool to to have the boost boost bots in the chat because it's just a you know, it's a it shows that there's action, that there's life going on somewhere. Um, perhaps, yeah. you know, I'll see stuff like, oh, fuck, you know, I, I totally forgot a show was going live. And then the, start seeing the feed of boosts from the Fediverse, as an example. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's holistic, man. That's the way you want it. It's good for you. It's good for you. Yeah. What the fuck's that? It's my lucky crack bike. You a crazy motherfucker. You don't have a lucky crack bike? No, I don't have a lucky motherfucking crack bike. Well, then, Donald, you gotta take a hit off of mine. Why I gotta do that? Because it's lucky. Simple. Easy. It's it's pretty easy, man. <laughs> you don't have a lucky crack pipe? You don't have a lucky crack pipe? I am a good boy. Mmm. Dubs had a what tournament this weekend? Oh my goodness. A what? A what? Oh, I thought you said a wet tournament this weekend. It looks like it. Shit, C Dubs, I didn't know you'd like to get wet. <laughs> I didn't know you like to get wet, dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you have for tonight? Uh what do I have for tonight? Well, I was privy to, I was working on a continuation from last week when we were talking about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, mm-hmm. the famous confidant and right-hand individual to notorious sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, I had some material on that because I had some interesting characters that I ran into. But before I address that, I kind of want to talk about something that happened today, which uh, has been... Kind of running circles on some of the the certain uh, spheres in the internet. There was, unfortunately, terribly tragically, there was a school shooting today in Nashville, Tennessee. Very, very awful. Uh, Six people dead. And typically with these school shootings, who are the people that are, you know, usually doing these things? Incels. Incels. Lonely, angry men. Always men. <laughs> Anonymous from 4chan. Anonymous from 4chan. A masked figure. Oh, a pipe bomber that the government never, you know, came back to check out. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. I mean, without delving uh, or getting sidetracked too hard, remember the um, 
all oh, that crazy quote unquote deranged Trump fanatic. He had his whole back van stickered out and he was mailing quote unquote pipe bombs to people and it was just like a fucking piece of PVC with a string stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. That, you remember that. that when they did that on Jan 6, there was the pipe bomber? I, I don't actually remember that. No. They claimed on Jan 6 there was a Trump pipe bomber that a pipe bomb had been placed and that the bomb squad had been called in and all the stuff. They made a big hullabaloo about it. And then we never heard about it ever again. Mm. And then later they released a bunch of footage and they have footage of this guy who was allegedly the pipe bomber. And he's kind of walking around. He At one point he waves to a cop car going by. <laughs> I don't want them to find me suspicious. I'll blend in and wave Maybe, to him. Yeah. Just be natural. <laughs> Just wave at the police with your mask on. And play you cool, play cool, play cool, play cool, play cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a spooky situation at all. Uh, but it's always men. You know, there's never been a school shooting, at least to my knowledge, that has been done by a lady. I can't think of anybody immediately. Yeah. Or any hugely publicized mass shooting of any kind. I, I find that that just isn't in. It's just not in the record. I mean, if there's any instance of, uh, you know, that happening, then please let me know. Lavish at BehindTheSchemes.com or Boot BehindTheSchemes.com. But uh, today almost was an exception. Today almost there was a school shooting done by a woman, uh, but she isn't a woman anymore. She's transitioning to be a male. Allegedly. This is Audrey Hill, 28-year-old, uh, female to male, born female, transitioning to male. She's educated. She's an artist. Uh, people have been working like crazy to archive all of these accounts that are associated with her or him. I don't know. I don't know whether to call them a her or a him. I don't want to be disrespectful either, even though this person is a murderer. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a very touchy thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we have a little information on her, him. You played Nashville shooting one. Police say the shooter was a woman named Audrey Hale, who appears to be a former student. She was shot and killed by police inside the school. Fox News correspondent Jonathan Siri has more on what happened. She entered the school through a side entrance and traversed her way from the first floor to the second floor, firing multiple shots. According to police, the first report of shots fired came in around 10.13 a.m. Minutes later, a team of officers responded and began clearing the building. When the officers got to the second level, they saw a shooter, a female, who was firing. The officers engaged her. She was fatally shot by responding police officers. Monday afternoon, President Biden sent his condolences to the families impacted and also called on Congress to do more to stop gun violence. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping a soul this nation. Police say they're now investigating a motive and reviewing surveillance video from the school. So they are reviewing all of the, they're doing the investigative work. They found where, I'm just going to call her her. Her name originally was Audrey, uh, and then she changed her name to Aiden when she transitioned. But 
we've got some interesting insights into who she actually was because, uh, and thanks to Servo as well. Servo should actually be considered a producer. He hooked me up with uh, an archive of her Reddit account. The Uh-oh. Anons have discovered her Reddit account. And you, this isn't the first time that people have scouted out a Reddit account of, of somebody in the news. They did the same thing with Elaine Maxwell. Oh, yeah. And she she ended up being, if I remember the meme correctly, I, I guess I don't know how verified it was, but wasn't the idea that Ghislaine had one of the most active sort of profiles in some capacity or something Yeah, weird? she was a power mod. In some uh, instances, she was the mod of some of the biggest, uh, you know, subreddits on the site. And I, I mean, Reddit is something I have no relationship with, period. So I'm not really sure how it's actually structured, but okay. Well, uh, just a little summary is you've got, you've got some subreddits that are the main ones that millions and millions of people are part of that are on the homepage. Mm-hmm. And the homepage is what you look at if you don't have an account. If you just go to Reddit and you just look at whatever the general thing is. Yeah, r slash cars, r slash news, r slash... Art, politics, comedy, whatever. So the big, big ones. And then you've got the niche ones that became big, like Wall Street Bets and certain uh, subreddits that have grown into, you know, millions and millions of followers that are constantly on the all page because they're just so big. And when they found Jelaine's account found out that not only was she a power mod, which means she's a mod for some of the big, big ones, but she also was a almost a professional, like, liberal debater on the internet. She would come in and she would argue uh, just, I don't know what you'd call it, lefty state-supported arguments. And she would argue with people in a way that we've all kind of been joking about Reddit for years and years that there must be people that are just literally paid to go on there to, you know, start shit and to spread misinformation. They would, and, they would never have the audacity, you know, uh, never. And that's what Jelaine did. And that's, that, that was what, that was the realization that came when we discovered her account with this person's account with Audrey. It isn't so much like that. It's actually very personal and very articulate. Uh, This person spent a lot of time on LGBTQ forums and and subreddits. And uh, from everything I can see, you know, she was very good at just like talking with people. She wasn't hostile. She wasn't a dick. She was articulate and would write out full responses to people and engage with people. She had a sense of humor. Uh, and just looking at it from a distance, you'd think that this person was actually just very sweet and a, and a very uh, kind of well put together person mentally. It it uh, it spits in the face of what the immediate reaction is when you think of a a shooter as someone being unhinged, a mm-hmm. loner, uh, someone who you know isn't able to articulate their thoughts and feelings. They aren't able to engage with people. Someone that the FBI has been alerted to for years. Yeah, someone who was on their... Uh, what's the... They were in our sights. Yeah, they were on a list. They were on our radar. Say the say the line again, Bart. They were on our radar. <laughs> ah, he did it, he did it. 
she has some other stuff too here. She's got a red bubble. She has an actual website. Uh, she has a LinkedIn account and she has an artwork portfolio. All of these are archived and listed in the show notes. You can see them at Zoso's corner dot substack dot com. And the art that she produced or he produced, uh, is, I don't know how to put it. It's a little MK ultra E when you look at it. Uh, there's some stuff there that's just kind of, are we looking uh, at, uh, right now I'm looking at the, the artwork portfolio, go to the artwork portfolio. Artwork portfolio. I'm looking for it. Okay. Got it. You've got a lot of Disney and it's no surprise that animators are, you know, a big fan of Disney, but uh, you got a lot of that. You've got the red shoes. There's a, there's an image of, of a kid pointing their feet to the sky yeah. and it says to be a kid forever. And it's all in red and they're wearing red shoes, red shoes. While kind of obscure is a sort of a, in the past, it's been known to be like a, a weird calling card. Um, there's to, to call back to our friend, Tom Hanks. He did a movie called, uh, the man with one red shoe. And it's about the CIA. Uh, let's see here. Tom Hanks, the one red shoe. He's a, he's a musician that's randomly picked out of a crowd and he's made the target of CIA surveillance and pursuit. Uh, it's, it's the CIA. As I understand it, the plot is they make a mistake and they think this guy is a threat, but he's just some jackass, uh, musician. And he's got one red shoe on and all the CIA people are like, that's our guy, get him. And so the whole movie is the CIA just tailing this guy and him not knowing what the hell's going on. Based on a true story. (laughs) Based on several true stories. Several. Uh, that was a nice little uh, connection there. I, we can, I don't know, go too far into the red shoe stuff. It, it it falls into the Pizzagate category, you know? Wow, they got she's got one on here. Uh, I scrolled down and clicked into one of the images, and um, there's actually this, uh, it's a series of baseballs. Uh, sorry, not save image, copy link. Um. She was so basketball? close. She, she's got thirty-two drew, uh, dr- uh, drawn everywhere. Um, yeah, basketballs. Yeah, uh, so yeah, close. Thirty-two, but not, mm. not the thirty-three. She she was so close, so, so close. Uh, fluff, furry, got furry stuff everywhere. Uh, and then there's there's a definite theme of wanting childhood. You go through the art, like the red shoe image, for example, says to be a kid forever and ever. Uh, and then there's some other art where she shares that sentiment. Uh, I think it's in the red bubble archive, but it's, it's just very childish. And, and the kind of the whole vibe that she gives is like, man, I just really wish I was a kid again. Mm-hmm. And that combined with the Disney imagery forces me to think of MK ultra and uh, Monarch programming. And I don't know if we've ever really done a deep dive into Monarch programming. But there is a famous instance of a you know one of the looniest characters around, Kathy O'Brien, who wrote a couple of books on monarch programming, and basically claimed that you know she was used as a sex slave by everyone from George Bush on. 
Uh, was and she the one? She's Australian. I believe so. She, um, yeah, she was railing up uh, against um, uh, Nicole Kidman's dad. Yeah, of all people. That, that's who she, that reminds. At least that's who I think you're talking about. She, well, maybe I couldn't confirm nor deny, but she definitely names names. She has no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. But she has talked about the use of Wizard of Oz and of Disney as uh, ways to to program kids. And there's been like little you, you've seen them before, like the little jokes of like dicks and stuff hidden in uh in film promos. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure there's a dick in the original Aladdin promo somewhere. Like the stars spell out a dick or something. There's just I don't know. It's all about subliminal programming. <laughs> uh, there was Lion King. There was a cloud of dust that got kicked up that spelled sex in the air. Yep. Um, yeah. Little Mermaid. There was a phallic-like uh, castle topper on the original clamshell box art. That's right, um, Little Mermaid. That's right. The priest had a boner, which they claimed was his knee. Um, the rescuers had a scene where there was a like a topless silhouette of a woman in a window, and mm-hmm. like flashed by in a couple of scenes. So. I mean, there's there's quite a few of them out there. Um, yeah, I, I actually saw on uh, t- where the fuck was it? It might have been on Twitter. Let's see if I can find it. But um, the Mandalorian, one of the newer episodes, they I guess the Baby Yoda was or whatever the fuck they call him, Grogu, was moving a rock in the sand, and in, in the way that it l- left a trail in the sand, it looked like a big penis. <laughs> So I'll see if I can find that one. That'd be a, that's a kind of a more recent one. Yeah. Now we can include star Wars into the mix. Oh, that was easy. Here we go. You got it. Yeah. It's coming to you. Um, in oh, good night, dear bully steed. Yes. Have a good night. Nice. Fireside chat. Sweet. <laughs> Take a picture of, of you on the way out. Cooing. <laughs> nice. Look at that dick. Dick oh, in the sand. Yeah, this has been a little something that people have been drawing attention to for a long time. Uh, even just the overt on, you know, themes of the old Disney films where Snow White, whatever, it's usually about a woman who's waiting for a guy to save her. So that already is, is sort of programming, sort of like dependence and a sort of a gender role, which I'm not one for arguing for or against any of that, but it does present that. Mm-hmm. You can argue that easily. Uh, Another thing, I guess from Kathy's book, says that a number of uh, recovered, quote-unquote recovered, monarch slaves say that they were taken to Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma, where they were placed in electrified Tinkerbell cages and then tortured uh, into creating child altars that, like Peter Pan, would never grow up. Pretty, Pretty intense stuff. Yeah, and you're telling me this right as I'm looking at the Mad World art on her archive and uh, her portfolio. It's um, yeah, especially like this fucking Chaos Star one. Uh, open image in a new tab. Copy that address. I mean, that's a straight up eight pointed star. If star, if you were to ask me, pure chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty little sacred geometry esque image there. 
I also have uh, a, I don't know if this made it into the notes. I should have put it in the notes. I'll put it in the chat right now. And some of this is recent from based off of the signature, like, uh, what is that? April 2021, perhaps? Oh, yeah. this A lot of it's fresh. Yeah. And let's see. Actually, let me check these Reddit account, uh, Reddit comments and see how old they are. Oh, geez. This fucking poo bear thing. What is this? This is creepy. So, this one's kind of creeping me out. <laughs> I draw this. So this is, uh, this is from her Tumblr. This is an image that she drew of Piglet and Pooh playing together. And it's kind of sad. It's about someone named Sydney. And uh, the the image is basically just like a, a love letter to Sydney, which is um, quaint, sad, but also a little creepy. Just the the rainbow and all the all the Disney image. It's just you know it's part of it. It's hard for me to ignore. Jeez, that's from October. Yeah, pretty recent. Uh, let's see what else the artwork. Portfolio here again, zososcorner.substack.com. You can go see all these images. Um, yeah, so the theme that you see again and again is to be a kid forever and ever, which we've been talking about the Epstein's, we've been talking about these, these circles, which do exist. Somebody is being fed into this system which exists. The reason why I keep bringing up Epstein, I guess this week or this month, is I think he's kind of resurging into the public consciousness again because of all the drama happening with Jelaine and the fact that she was prosecuted, she was found guilty, and she was sentenced to, I think, 20 years in prison. And you have two smoking guns at hand here, two massive smoking guns that people are having a hard time ignoring. One, you have the suicide of Epstein himself, which is one of the most ridiculous public displays of whatever fuckery that you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a single person out there who's really legitimately defending it and being like, yeah, of course. He killed himself with his toilet paper and all the cameras were broken and the the guard fell asleep and you know <laughs> all this shit happened. Uh that's that was a big wake up call, I think, for a lot of people. They went, "Holy shit, something really is going on." And then you also well, good night, let me, Junta. Let me pause you there for a second. The whole the beauty of that Epstein didn't kill himself. Because uh, I, you know, I still I still go out and wonder. I'm like, did he really get out of there alive? I don't think he, he got out there alive. But. I, I don't know. I think that's I just because that's the phrase that stuck. Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, it became it a meme, which is the only way they could fight this thing. I mean, something so obvious and so blatant, they could, the only way they could beat it was by turning it into a joke. Mm -hmm. They used our own weapons against us. Booberry. <laughs> you've, you've seen that meme. It's like the billion dollar corporate in uh, trillion dollar corporate media versus me and my memes. Yep. And it turns out they can meme pretty well. And they turn the whole thing into a big fucking joke. Oh, dude. This, uh, she's got a, a, a fucking, um, I guess a self portrait that she drew and it's got the Mickey Mouse all star badge on there. 
mm-hmm. and he's got one eye closed on it. Ah, kind of spooky. Nineteen twenty-eight, Mickey Mouse All Star. A Mickey Mouse All Star. Yeah, she had the the one eyed the Disney there. That's fucking creepy. She has a she has a uh, a good education though. I saw from her LinkedIn page here. I'll get it for you right now. I'll post it in the chat. Mm. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take a spec to Audrey. You were uh, talking about Epstein, and the people aren't. Uh, they were like, "Well, this guy killed himself. No way." Oh well, the, <laughs> the two biggest smoking guns. I'll just finish my thought there. The two smoking guns are one Epstein him, himself getting murdered or suicided, and then the other one is. Jelaine actually being uh, charged with a crime, with trafficking, and implying that, you know, this whole thing was real, and then nobody else gets in trouble. You have all these logs. I mean, you're selling these kids to someone. You're, you're, you're operating in this field to serve clientele. Who are the clientele? Well, nobody knows who the clientele is. So that that pisses a lot of people off, too. If she's really guilty of this, and you put her away for it, then you should put away the people that she was working with. Her clients. Her clients. Surely she has a list of contacts. Yeah, maybe even some flight logs. Who knows? Uh, but going back to Audrey, I will uh, just close on her. Oh, well, maybe not close on her, but just bring up her education. She uh, has a bachelor's degree in illustration and graphic design at the Nosy College of Art, and I have a picture in the show notes of her receiving her degree and uh, getting a little handshake from someone who I assume is a professor or a dean or something. And uh, she also was uh, very bright in, uh, in grade school. She was an excellent student. Uh, she was an academic all-star. She had uh, one of the highest GPAs in her college program. She's a very smart person. And uh, the, the LinkedIn, you know, it lists off your experience and all the jobs that you've had. And the jobs are very innocuous, very much like what an artist in their 20s would be doing. Cat sitter, uh, you know, grocery shopper, door dasher type. Mm-hmm. And then doing freelance art on the side and trying to make a living doing that. And she illustrated for a couple of books, including some uh, some lefty type books, which I have that in there, too. Oh, she uh, illustrated a book called Will March 2, which is about all these diverse people coming together and marching in Washington for justice. I'm all about that. I'm all about justice. Justice is in. But it doesn't change the fact. It is not in. You're lying. You lie. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, we have to keep in mind, though, it is the solstice, the spring equinox, which means that uh, if you are to believe such certain things, there's a chance that maybe some secret societies are doing what they usually do, which is performing uh, blood rituals uh, on the solstice. And uh, spring going into summer is a pretty powerful time. And not they necessarily i mean you could go the mk ultra route and say that they did put it into place but even if they didn't they still will use it and they will still be weird about it just like the other weird shootings where things don't add up there are just certain things that are just out of place with this one that 
uh, we have more pipe bombs, for example. Did you know that? For this one? Yeah. For this shooting, we have pipe bombs and we have a manifesto. Oh, cool. Yeah. Could you please play manifesto? And explosions. Uh, ATF investigators were first, and then Metro Police, and we do know the FBI are also here on the scene. Now, of course, we do know whatever is found inside that home could be key in this case. We know that Chief Drake did mention earlier they did uh, find a manifesto about this date and detailed maps of the school saying this shooting was a targeted attack. Now, it's unclear if that information was found at this home or in her car or on her, uh, but of course, they're going to continue investigating this home and seeing what they can find. We do know also that Metro Police did make contact with her father. It's unclear if he was here at the time when SWAT arrived, but neighbors tell me it appeared no one was home. Multiple SWAT units arrived earlier. It's probably been about three hours now since they arrived on the scene, and uh, they tell me they heard about three explosives go go off, extremely loud explosives that shook many homes, some as far away as about a block from here. Now, police tell us the shooter, Audrey... How far do you think they're assuming a block is? A block in Nashville is quite the block. Mm-hmm. Hale uh, does identify as transgender and was a former student of Covenant School. Um, and I want to mention that this home, again, is just a, a not a mile. It's just a street away from Christ the King, another uh, elementary and middle school that's, that's very close by here. Um, but again, she targeted Covenant School, according to Metro Police. So we have seen officers go inside with uh, what appears to be boxes. And we have seen some wearing gloves on their hands. And we haven't seen anything come out yet. Again, they just entered in about the last five minutes or so, but we're going to keep monitoring the situation and keep an eye out and keep you guys updated back there at News 2. Mm. So you have a confirmed explosion, not just someone planting a bomb, but apparently something blew up and people felt it uh, for blocks. We haven't really heard much more about that. They released that statement and then nobody has mentioned anything else about an explosion. Where's the TikTok? Where's the TikTok? Where are the, uh, yeah, where are the videos? Everyone's got a camera. Let's see it. And on top of that, they allegedly have a manifesto. Whether they discovered the manifesto on her person or at the uh, house, uh, they don't tell you. But apparently there is one. So we are all keeping our eyes out for that and seeing, you know, what it is that this person was trying to accomplish. If it was really written by them, or if it's just a, a fake manifesto that they'll drop on us. Who knows? But if you want to get really weird about it, so the as far as the solstice is concerned, uh, the solstice happens around the, the 19th, 20th of March. And then on the third day after the spring equinox, the sun finally breaks past the equator and thus fully emerges from the tomb of the Southern Hemisphere. We're emerging from the tomb after three days. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who wants to know? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, just bring, just bring it up. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I know a little bit about that. Eat ass, smoke grass, and sled fast. Uh, it's probably the wisest words that Jesus ever spoke. Yes, that's a direct quote from the uh, Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> Stay safe with Jesus, yo. Well, did you know that in the old ways, 
The old ways, and I know you know this, I'm just saying this rhetorically, in the old times, this light, this light bringer, or as some may call him, this Lucifer, rises from the dead and begins his journey towards the highest power, the summer solstice. Well, we are, uh, we've just finalized that third day, and we are now finally leaping into this this uh, period of light. And when these secret societies want to do something big, this is when they do. They time this out for these sorts of things. If anything is going to happen, then this is when. This is how they schedule. Mm. Uh, COVID, in a lot of ways, was kind of scheduled around this time. There are a lot of things that happen in March, and it's kind of a joke. In certain spheres on the internet, people go, okay, what's going to happen this fucking month? Everybody just braces for it. But uh, this is represented as well in the Masonic Pillars. I saw a great illustration of the Masonic Pillars that uh, kind of describe this exact phenomenon, and that's also posted in the show notes. Uh, The two pillars representing the two uh, most extreme solstices, summer and winter, and then the center being the the perfect balance, the in-between, the autumnal, and spring equinoxes. And uh, the latter just being a sort of life is all about balancing between finding balance, going between these two poles and, uh, and trying to find that enlightened moderatism, moderatism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might. Yes. I know. I think you about that. Yeah. Moderation. Yeah. Finding moderation. Balance. <laughs> yeah yeah we know about that yeah yeah very balanced well versed uh as they say mm, as they do um yeah so for some reason this all kind of bends back on this weird theme of not wanting to grow up not wanting to progress not wanting to head towards the light and there just is a, a smell of of mk ultra about this whole situation this is very fresh uh i was i was Putting in information basically as it came in, because it just happened today. I'm sure that we'll hear more about it in the future, well, I, or maybe I, we won't. That's that'll be a determining factor of the, how the media tackles this, and, because this is a very precocious thing for the media to have to talk about. And uh, you know, I I haven't had any time to really uh, do any of my own looking around. Um. Oh, but yeah. that Keep was that was definitely the reaction that I was getting from all of the uh the fucking right wing uh folks is oh wow they're never gonna talk about this one. Oh we finally got a trans shooter and they're like it's kinda doing that same fucking celebratory thing that the other side fawns for so so desperately. Yeah. It's not a Nobody should be approaching this with any sense of like triumph or yeah. anything. This is a terrible tragedy. And I'm just looking at it from sort of a I'm trying to be objective about it. And I'm just trying to I'm just trying to study. It. I'm just trying to see what's going on. I mean, these these things happen and you want to kind of educate yourself about it. Absolutely. And we we have so much I mean, with all this archived uh, all the, all of these accounts that have been archived and her Reddit comments. I mean, we truly have a look into the mind of this person that doesn't come from a fucking TV screen. You know, 
you can go and you can find out about this person yourself. So we've got some of the tools in the, in the notes, if you want to be better informed about this particular event, but you know, these things happen all the time now. And, uh, that's not good. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I will know, my parting thought on this is that, uh, the police responded in immediate fashion. And, uh, I'll give credit to, to whatever local police force, what they went the fuck in there and they were not about to be turned in. They were not going to be Uvaldi. You know, they were going to do everything to not be Uvaldi. And I think that that's a major feeling amongst a lot of police forces, probably every single fucking one of them across the whole country. We are not going to be another Uvalde motherfucker. Because those guys have become the biggest joke, the biggest, most pathetic poster children for inept police that anybody could ever ask for. And nobody wants to be them. Yeah. So now... These guys are, are suited up. Yeah, it's like about dropping the uh, dropping the the ball, you know. Yeah, they weren't sitting around, you know, having a cigarette out in the parking lot. Oh, dude, it was the same for fucking uh, Sandy Hook. And the cops yeah. waited outside. Yeah, I think it's the same for Columbine. Actually, uh, Spaz and I were discussing it. Uh, it wasn't super recent, but. He was telling me, like, yeah, you know, same deal. Cops just sit outside, let them get the job done, and then we'll come yeah. and sweep up. They coordinate, and, the, you know, everybody that comes up, they send them away, and then once everything's done, they bulldoze the building. <laughs> no evidence, no nothing. No uh, camera footage, either. There's cameras everywhere. But apparently there's cameras all over this place. This place was called Covenant, which is also adds to the creep weirdness factor. It's almost as if they're making a covenant on the spring equinox. Ooh, a blood covenant. A blood covenant, indeed. Uh, anyway, uh, thoughts and prayers to them. Thoughts and prayers to them. And while we're talking about people who don't want to grow up, I will present a little bit more on this Jeffrey Epstein character. Uh, since we're here. Would you mind taking me to the next dungeon? Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember where the door was. Um, hmm, BTS, oh, shit, what was it called? Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on there. It's been a while since we used that one. I know, um, I'll have to, let me think about it a little more, let me think about it. I'll, I'll do my own. We almost nailed that. Hey, I we did a pretty good job. <laughs> pretty good job there. Uh, Servo got a boost in uh, a little while ago for 10,101 sat saying, fuck yeah. I think he got the boost spot working again on uh, Zero Node. I, uh, did you say Servo? I see C-dubs. I'm, I'm sorry, C-dubs. I'm sorry, C-dubs. Yeah, yeah C-dubs. 101 via Podcast Index. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks, C-dubs. Yeah, I hope. I hope your stuff's up and running again. Nice. Oh, someone mentioned Paddock. Mm. Oh, Squalor Bill mentioned Paddock. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Another another very questionable shooting. <laughs> A lot of differing narratives. A lot but of that, shoes in that one, too. 
Yeah, a lot of broken windows that people were firing out of. And a lot of cameras that we don't have any footage from. A lot. But sushi comped. Another <sighs> meme we, we get left with. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on to Epstein. I was uh, looking into uh, Ghislaine, who, again, as I said, is in prison. And it turns out that uh, people have been interviewing her. She's actually been going on TV and giving TV interviews. Oh, cool. Did you believe that? <laughs> I can now. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Well, let's see. Actually, this might not be uh, one, but just play the first clip. Just lane one. Her and Epstein. She was the toast of high society in oh both London and New York. Glamorous, sophisticated, Oxford-educated, and with what close friends described as a wild and naughty streak, Ghislaine Maxwell was loved by women and adored by men. The daughter of newspaper tycoon Robert Maxwell, she had confidence, charm, and a lifestyle to match. At the height of her powers in the mid-90s, Maxwell knew everyone there was to know. Her contacts book bulged with some of the world's biggest names, presidents, royalty, and film stars. And if she invited any of them to one of her lavish penthouse parties, they couldn't wait to accept. But into this gilded life walked the man who would ultimately corrupt and destroy it. Billionaire financier Jeffrey Epstein. The Long pair became inseparable with Ghislaine. Oh my god. <laughs> Just poor little Ghislaine minding her own business. <laughs> and then along comes this fucking school teacher. Daddy always told me to stay away from them rabble rousers. <laughs> her daddy never said such a thing. Oh yeah, well, what the fuck am I even saying? <laughs> also, I like how they equate presidents uh royal family members and film stars all like boom they're the the pinnacle they're the top they're the ones they're the rulers uh you know in that order i don't i mean i guess well i don't know i is it weird that i take issue of equating film stars to being just as important to as presidents or dignitaries i guess they're all kind of the same aren't they what am I, I would, even saying? <laughs> well, I would put it this way, that presidents are as unimportant as actors. Uh, yes. Yes. And really aren't that much different. Okay. Which would probably... Okay. You're right. You're right. I mean, just they both put in the time and they both suck the dick. That's, that's what... The, and they get to where they are because of it, you know? And then once they're at that place, everybody wants to hang out with them. So maybe, maybe it would be appropriate that... To have them all sort of uh, equitable in this. Well, they use them. I mean, who's out there pushing all this shit? I was watching some March Madness, some college basketball, and on comes a commercial with John Legend, who I just know. I'm just like, whatever this is about, this is going to be some a shill. Whatever it is, this guy shills for everybody. Mm -hmm. This guy literally had a foursome with Obama and Big Mike and his wife. So I don't know what else I'm supposed to expect from this guy. But he's, he goes, oh, but by the way, get your fifth uh, booster. Uh, John Legend, brought to you by Pfizer. Mm. Literally. <laughs> Sponsored went, by wow. Pfizer. Looks like I called that one. So they're part of the system. They're part of the network. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Actors. I'll, uh, let, let me, uh, continue with the clip. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Who had grown up desperate to please her tyrannical father, 
just as keen to do anything for Epstein. And that included feeding his seemingly insatiable desire for sex with young girls. In 2005, the parents of a 14-year-old girl told police that Epstein had molested their daughter. Three years later, he received an 18-month prison sentence. After his release, the allegations against him began to spiral, and he was accused of running a vast network of girls for sex, including on his private island and ranch. Prison term is a loose term, I would say, because wasn't he able to get like extended release where he could leave during the day and then he only had to show up on <laughs> nights and weekends? Is this the is he talking about the 08 conviction or is he talking about the 19 conviction? That I'm assuming the 08 conviction, the 08 conviction, he got, I think 13, he did 13 months. Yeah. So it was the shorter. So it was the first yeah. one. Yeah. And okay. he got it. Yeah. I think he got it shortened by doing extracurricular activities. He probably got out. <laughs> did stuff. <laughs> but I mean, he should have been in there for a couple of years and he got out in 13 months. Easy, man. Yeah. I got people to go meet like Bill Gates, okay? He does. More than Bill Gates. This ended up being kind of a who's who. I was looking at I was looking at how they met and the conditions under which they met. And what I found was really incredible. It ended up being a sort of a rabbit hole. Are you from uh, I don't I know. want to jump the gun. I don't want to jump the gun. <laughs> okay, okay. I can't jump the gun. I'm I got it. Okay. So let's hear from the horse's mouth, Ghislaine to arrest in prison. Or wait, this probably still doesn't have either. Fuck it, let's just go to three. Ghislaine three, no, two. Let's go to two. Ghislaine two, arrest in prison. How about I play them both at the same time? I can do that. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> I don't want you to do that. Hey, buddy, listen, I don't want you to do that. Uh, two? Two, yeah, sure. He was arrested again in 2019 on charges of sex trafficking and was found dead in his prison cell a month later in an apparent suicide. Dead. As the authorities focused well, to Maxwell, now. she went into so, uh, hiding. A photograph hiding. of her outside a Los Angeles branch of In-N-Out Burger oh, sparked yeah. a media frenzy. In July 2020, she was arrested at a secluded mansion in the U.S. state of New Hampshire. Prosecutors accused her of helping Epstein sexually abuse four vulnerable women. In December 2021, the jury found her guilty of five of six counts, including the most serious charge, that of sex trafficking of a minor. The road to justice has been far too long. But today... Justice has been done. She was sentenced to 20 years yeah, in right. jail for grooming and sex trafficking and served time at the Maximum Security Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, where she was photographed with a black eye. Uh-oh. You know what that means. That's right. Real <laughs> justice. <laughs> so they found her. So he, he you know, gets... Uh, suicided, and then she disappears. And you remember that famous In-N-Out picture? Yeah, what was the book that she was reading? It was something that was totally a message. It was like when uh, Spacey went on and did his little speech with the the coffee cup that had the queen on it. Mm -hmm. it's like He was trying to get some across. I don't remember what the book was, but her job uh, at the time, what they said was she was a an editor. And she that she was just doing her job at an in and out. 
she was reading the Book of Honor, the Secret Lives and Deaths of CIA Operatives. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing too crazy there. So she gets that picture <laughs> that's, sent that's, out. That's my kind of woman. Let's go to let's go to In and Out and read CIA books together. <laughs> sounds good to me. Actually, sounds like something I would do, but something see, I'll do tomorrow. See, you're lucky. You have the ability to go to an In and Out. I'll have to go to Culver's. I'll have to go to Culver's and read books about uh, <laughs> about the FBI. No, what was that one that you tried to take me to? Oh, cookout. There's no cookout. Cook, there's no cookouts here. Oh, no cookouts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I would, fair. I would, never mind. I was about to say something very derogatory and inflammatory about the ATF and cookout together. Uh, <laughs> I perhaps should stop for the safety of uh, uh, myself, friends, and family. Well, it certainly wouldn't have to do with the compound in Texas, would it? All alleged. Legend. All it. alleged. All alleged people. Not one scrap of evidence. They had it coming. They wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have cult it up if they didn't want it. Yeah, that's right. They wouldn't. Oh God! Now I got to stop myself. Hold on. Now, hold on. Now. Uh, so anyway, when I do it, it's based. When you do it, it's cringe. So I tell everybody. <laughs> thank you, make heroism uh, for that ISO. <laughs> thank you, make heroism always. <laughs> so let's see. Yeah, that picture looked like it was Photoshop. I mean, it, it didn't look like a real picture. You can't really trust pictures. Pictures can be doctored. Pictures can. Oh, I mean, it just looks posed, really. Or posed, or whatever, yeah. And another thing I thought about, why the hell is she on the West Coast? She's a she's a New York socialite. So the, I guess her, her uh, running away was just running to the other coast. But that's what they want you to believe, anyway. And she was originally, uh, 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 I'm sorry, not originally, eventually arrested at what they said later was her house, Back in the East Coast with uh, her then husband, who they never talk about, American tech CEO named Scott Borgerson, 16 years her junior. Uh, they married allegedly in 2016. He is apparently uh, connected to the Trump administration, although so is she. She's connected to Trump. Uh, we've got pictures in the show notes, actually, of her hanging out with Melania mm. uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back, I think, before Melania was Married to Don. Back when they were just an item. And allegedly, he, once all this went down, he left her for like a yoga instructor or something. But I couldn't find anything that really confirmed that. It's kind of fallen off the uh, face of the earth a little bit. And, okay, now let's hear from our clip three, please. Mm. And she revealed intimate details of how this one-time socialite is dealing with daily prison life. So they wake you up at six, and you can go to breakfast, which consists of a cereal and a fruit, a piece of fruit, generally. And then you have to make your bed sort of military style, so there's nothing that's sticking out or whatever. It has to be a prescribed way, otherwise you can to travel. You can get what's called a shot. Shot. And then at 7.30 you go to 
work and for me that means I go go to the law library uh, to help people so they have detainers or they have warrants or they're trying to appeal their case and uh, let's see get a compassionate release or they ask about the First Step Act and how credits are applied to their time that sort of thing and I answer those types of questions I also help people file out their administrative remedies um, and that is until 10 o'clock when they then you have to come back uh, and they call lunch is around 10.30. The portion control is very odd. And then because I'm on a no-meat diet, they're supposed to have either hummus or cottage cheese or um, tofu for you. But mostly, I'd say about 95% of it's tofu if it's anything, or, or beans. It's, and I'd say 95% of the it's beans, and then otherwise you have like a tofu substitute. <laughs> and the tofu has no season, there's no seasoning allowed, so there's no salt or pepper or anything. So it's, it's, Bland as it's it. beyond t- tasteless. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes. Oh my. It's almost as if she's being punished. <laughs> <sighs> poor thing. I know, poor girl. But she has some interesting theories on what really happened to Epstein if you play clip four. Epstein's apparent suicide in 2019 robbed his victims of justice, and Maxwell claims they have unfairly turned their fire on her. Meeting Epstein has been the biggest regret of her life, but she is convinced his death was not as it seemed. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Ding, 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 well, ding, shocked. And I wondered, how has it happened? Because, um, as far as I was concerned, he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal. And I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. But I wasn't in the indictment. So, I wasn't mentioned. I, wa- I wasn't even one of the co-conspirators. I obviously wish I'd never met him. You know, mm. looking back now, I probably looking wish I now. had stayed at, in England. But leaving that aside, you know, I tried to leave and start another new job and move on from the end of 98, 99. So I wish that I had been more successful. Uh, moving on because I became a banker so I should have moved on completely at the time I wouldn't have had a problem introducing people to my friends friends. because I didn't know (laughs) it was so awful I mean obviously now looking back with hindsight of course, but at the time, I mean, he had lots of friends, and he was friendly with 
just about everybody you can imagine. There was no reason to imagine that he wasn't someone of interest to people. <laughs> and keep in mind, everything she talks... friends. Lots of friends. Yes. They do have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of friends. We'll, we'll talk about some of their friends in a second. But she, as of, you know, right now, she's trying to appeal, and so she can't really say much. And she can't express, for instance, she can't express remorse, or she can't express guilt. She can't say she's sorry, because that implicates her, you know? Right. It, it damages her defense. Right. Because so, she's so I, a victim. She's a victim, and more importantly, she's a defendant. Uh, but she does want to talk about one of her friends. There's the famous image of Prince Andrew and her and a gal, an underaged gal, hanging out together. And that one picture really set everything off to destroy Prince Andrew's reputation and also the reputation of the royal family. It took a big hit. Uh, please play clip, uh, clip five. This must be one of the most infamous photographs in recent memory, and it has done Prince Andrew and the royal family extraordinary reputational harm. Let's see what Ghislaine Maxwell has to say about it. What's a fake? I don't believe that. I don't believe it's real for a second. In fact, I'm sure it's not. There's never been an original. Okay. And further, there's no photograph. And I've only ever seen a photocopy of it. I, I don't believe it, it happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I would have seen it if it, if it was... Certainly the way as described would have been impossible. I don't have any memory of going to Tramp. Uh, what is going to Tramp? Is that clubbing, I guess? Trump? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's the club where the picture was taken. Ah, gotcha. Certainly not in the outfit that I would have worn. Um, oh, her stories have changed so many times about... What happens when it happens, how it happens, with different versions, and each time she speaks, there's a different version. In fact, if you look at her BBC interview on the panorama, um, I believe she says that he, or I can't remember, either he, yeah, that he puked on her face. That's the only time she's ever said that. In a separate interview recorded as audio only, Maxwell also launched a blistering attack on the integrity of Andrew's accuser, Virginia Gouffre. Ah, Virginia Gouffre. Virginia Gouffre, the probably most famous named uh, of Epstein's victims. And she's called out some pretty big hogs, among them the Alan Dershowitz. Uh, she claimed that Alan Dershowitz... Uh, had a, had a go at her. <laughs> Believe everyone but Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's obviously a pathological liar, unlike these people that we're talking about. <laughs> unlike my former friends. <laughs> unlike my former friends. Gee, boobs, what do you think her friends think of her? Hmm. Now that she's been kind of tossed to the wayside like an old dirty wash rag i'm sure that they think oh she's now unclean she's now down in the refuse with the rest of the scum well that's where she really belonged all this time they they always they always had this thing out against her but they can never really say anything about her you know you can't really disrupt the the snake too hard 
And if they do think you can't go out and be like, actually, I thought she was pretty cool. Cause that, that's not going to do you any favors either. Right. But let's hear what she thinks, what her friends think. Clip six. If you win your appeal, do you think you'll be accepted again by the very people who were once your friends? Well, I can't. Can't. Know what can't my friends will, will do or won't do. I mean, my focus won't be on that. I will always turn to what I've now decided that will form the rest of my life, which is helping other people who are or have been incarcerated. Oh, she's uh, turning an altruistic heel. Oh, she's always been. I mean, if you if you look up her her work with uh, her Terra Mar project, which is basically her attempt to colonize parts of the ocean and create a um, a Bioshock type of city. Ooh. You know, classic libertarian dream. Build my own damn city under the ocean. Yeah, the, I'll bring along the brightest and the best. The brightest and the best in the filthy, dirty ocean. It'll not be policy that drives us, but innovation. Indeed. We won't have all these damn regulations stopping us. Uh, Mar- markets were meant to be free. <laughs> said no one ever <laughs> said a guy that took a golf club to the face yeah yeah no golf clubs uh, no golf courses under the sea unfortunately not yet did you not ever yet. did you ever catch i dropped a, a bioshock uh meme into the i guess it was the first donation to no agenda that i did i i asked uh, john would you kindly <laughs> give me some uh or i don't know just remember saying would you kindly very would deliberately you kindly? <laughs> uh, I, I was it's been a long time since i've played those games so good one of my all-time favorites they're Easy. great they're they're a wonderful uh take i actually just well-made games i'm curious about the atomic heart it's kind of like the Russian spiritual successor version. Well, I've been seeing a lot of commotion about that, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> it's, it's all the right reasons for me. <laughs> Maybe they are the right reasons. I don't know. It's one <laughs> way you, you get marketing, you know? <laughs> um, so we have a sort of, I didn't really get too much into Epstein's early life because I, I know that we're kind of dwindling down on time and I, there are things I want to get to, but I will just briefly say that Epstein wasn't born in, into the elite world in the way that Jelaine was. Jelaine mm-hmm. was the youngest daughter of, of a very, very wealthy, powerful man. Epstein was the um, kid of, Pauline Stolovsky and Seymour G. Epstein. Uh, they were middle class Jewish. They lived in the uh, in the Seagates uh, community in New York, and it was a small sort of a Jewish gated community. But it wasn't gated in the way that like, it was nice. It was very rural and it was very kind of isolated, uh, especially when he was growing up, and. His dad worked for the Department of Parks and Rec, and I think his mom was a stay-at-home mom. They're pretty middle class. He attended public school, and then from there, he kind of got... Well, we've talked about the Interlochen Center. We did a whole episode about Interlochen, which is 
a, um, a kind of a prestigious art school in Northern Michigan. Right. And there was a place that he went back to later in life. He gave a lot of money. He kind of had a little building there and him and Jelaine, you know, would walk around the campus and try to pick up students. And we, on the episode where we talked about this, we relayed one of those witness testimonies. So he goes there, he does that, and he goes to high school, and he goes to a mathematical sciences college, and then he drops out before he actually receives his degree. So this guy isn't really born with spoon in mouth uh, in the way that these other people are. So how does he get introduced to Jelaine? Well, turns out they had a, a mutual acquaintance, a mutual friend, whose name is Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. Oh, uh uh-oh. Yes. (laughs) This won't end well. (laughs) (laughs) So Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, just to clarify, isn't isn't a Rothschild by blood. She married in to the family. She is originally an American. Uh, She is a billionaire businesswoman. She is definitely born into elite circles, but she also has, I can tell, just worked her ass off her whole life to be, like, literally one of the wealthiest, most powerful people in the world. But she was born with spoon in hand, and she's a major supporter of the Clintons. And so back when she first, before she met, and she married Evelyn, Evelyn de Rothschild, who's a big, big guy. I mean, like, literally one of the richest men in the world, worth probably hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe trillions. This guy is so fucking wealthy. (laughs) What was her maiden name? Her maiden name was Forrester. Okay. Lynn Forrester. Uh, She was married three times. All three times that she was married, she would marry. She's only exclusively married men from wealthy and powerful families. Her first husband, she married when she was in college. He was a lawyer. And he was also the great-grandson of a Civil War arms dealer. Oh. Yeah. Somebody who made a lot of money uh, back back then uh, selling cartridges. He was a munitions guy. And who himself, his name was Marcellus Hartley, and I have him uh, and his wiki page cited in the show notes. You can find it there. So this is corner.substack.com, episode 145. He himself was descended from an even older distinguished distinguished British line. So this guy was classic old American uh, family. She divorced him, and then later in life she married her second husband, Andrew Stein. Andrew Stein is the son of millionaire newspaper man and New York power broker Jerry Finkelstein. And Andrew Stein himself is a New York politician uh, who has held a number of prestigious uh, occupations, including he served uh, on the New York city council and he was its last president as uh, head of the Manhattan borough. So pretty big deal as far as local politics concerned, man, I got to get on this guest list. <laughs> yeah. It's a big club. Big Come club. on in. Let me in. Damn it. So this is where things get spicy. Uh, she gets to be very well known in these circles. She's, she's part of the club and she's hanging out with all of the most powerful people. She's even going 
to Bilderberg meetings by the late 90s. She is being invited, and she is partaking in the festivities. And in 1998, she goes and participates at the Bilderberg meeting in Scotland. It was in Scotland that year. And she is introduced to Evelyn de Rothschild by Henry Kissinger. What a guy. Hey, Evelyn, this is my friend. She's really cool. You guys should hang out. Oh, thanks, Henry Kissinger. I appreciate that, man. Why don't you go get a cocktail? Talk to you in a minute. Thanks, Bay. Thanks, Bray. Henry, you son of a bitch. You're the best. You're the fucking best, Henry Kissinger. God damn it. I love you, man. Henry, you son of a bitch. Fucking Henry. 80s arm clap slap. Yeah, motherfucking Mr. Clutch over here. Hey. Oh. Shooter oh, guns. Man. Here's another Rolex, you little shit. Get out of here. Uh, so they get introduced, and uh, Sir Evelyn de Rothschild, again, one of the wealthiest men, the wealthiest, the wealthiest family on the planet. Um, a major stakeholder in virtually every single central bank on the, on the planet. This guy is part of the family that controls money globally. So she she meets him, and then with one within one year, she uh, he divorces his wife then and marries her. So by ninety nine, they are married, and she is now Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. Uh, not Start, a joke. Started from the top, climbed even higher. <laughs> started from the top. Now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. They are introduced, and then she throws a birthday party for her new husband. This is in 99-2000, or 98. There's kind of conflicting years about this. This all happens between, like, 97 and 99. So they throw a birthday party for Evelyn de Rothschild, and they invite Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein. And Lady Lynn introduces them. Wow. Oh, oh, Ghislaine, you're going to love my friend Jeffrey. He's such a hoot. He's such a he's such a, a, a character. And then at that same party, they go, hey, Alan Dershowitz, come over here. I want you to be my friends. So Alan Dershowitz comes over, and then he meets Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And he goes, huh, those guys are fun guys. I think this guy's kind of a weird, quacky, jokester type. I like him. I'm going to hang out with him. He's quirky. It's just different. It's just different. <laughs> You know, I go to these parties, and it's all the same. Just rich assholes. This guy's different. I can fix him. I can fix him. (laughs) He can fix me. Oh, he can fix me. (laughs) Dershowitz went on to represent him, or not represent him, but was associated with his legal team during the 06 to 08 conviction. And all the while, he was providing him with legal advice. Mm-hmm. And then once he got out of prison, he was helping him with legal advice. Although after the after 08, he kind of distanced himself from it. By that time, they'd been friends for almost a decade. And uh, he'd been on the Lolita and all that. And uh, he was hanging out with Clinton. Clinton was part of that whole scene, too. You got to remember that Clinton's whole Lolita phase really primed after he left the presidency. He did his two terms. And now he's Mr. Guy. Now he doesn't have to be president anymore. 
He just gets to run around the world and have fun. He can go back to his easy days of uh, slapping the sax. Exactly. Yeah. He says, I'm going to slap this sax all over the goddamn world. <laughs> and, you know, it gets tied up in whatever the system is. And the overarching thing is we think that Jeffrey Epstein was part of a honeypot operation, that he, his job was basically to get rich, powerful people into compromising positions and, uh, and build blackmail on them. The idea being that he provides this blackmail either to a bigger party, like maybe an intelligence agency or a collection of them, or otherwise, maybe to private buyers. But um, anyway, uh, just a quick last thing on uh, Evelyn, or I'm sorry, on Lynn. It's confusing because it's Evelyn and Lynn. And by the way, Evelyn de Rothschild died while he was married to her, which means she must be worth. I don't know how much if, if they got like, you know, that sort of thing going lots, a lot. Maybe it's a prenup. Maybe it's a prenup. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the other thing as well that I want to mention is that the Rothschilds don't marry people lightly. There, there is an obvious old school European value of bloodlines at play with the Rothschilds. And, Certainly the patriarchs, you know, the head men of the family, they aren't just going to marry anyone. They are going to marry somebody from a distinguished line. So the fact that he saw that in her, you know. Very measured marriages. Very measured. Incredibly measured. In fact, it's the most important thing to them. I mean, their philosophy is almost like you you aren't even you. You're just a continuation of of every ancestor before you. And, you know your whole bloodline is a big bus and you're just the asshole driving the bus right now. And then as soon as you dead, you're dead, your son comes in and drives the bus. The bus is always moving. Uh, It's kind of a way you can think about it. So it means a big deal. And the Clintons, their association with the Clintons are huge. There was a lot of communication between Hillary and Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn was, uh, I'm sorry, Lynn, Lynn and Evelyn. I'll just say the two of them in the Podesta emails. Uh, there was one email that I remember where Clinton was like, if there's anything more that I can do to serve you or anything more I can do for you, you know, as if, uh, you know, saying, Hey, we're, we're good. We're, we're, we're in the favor tent right now. And Ghislaine was apparently good friends with Chelsea Clinton to the point where she was at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Oh yeah. And I have a picture in the show notes of her at the wedding. <laughs> Classic. With Chelsea and Clinton walking down the aisle, there's her big mug right there. Yep. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. She's everywhere, man. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, in Captain Oblivious is right in the chat. Epstein, out of all of these people, is what? The most disposable. Totally. He's not from the, the big bloodline. He doesn't have any any big family connections to anybody. <laughs> He's literally the gopher. He's a gopher. He's the middleman. He's he's the guy who does the dirty work. Because the real top guys, they don't rely on all of this pedo shit and all this, you know, compromising yourself. I mean, they they got that all taken care of in their own space. It's it's all the middlemen that have to get caught up in this dirty work and and blackmail because that's the system of control that they operate in. 
you have to be able to remove these people and give the uh, the image or the the illusion of control that you know when you get rid of Epstein, well, you're getting rid of the problem. No, Epstein was just a soldier, and everybody can see that, and so that's why the 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 controversy continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I've got just to just to do this real quick. We'll close it out with this. So I've got two clips from Lady Rothschild herself, uh, just talking about her general philosophy. I figured we might as well hear it from that horse's mouth as well. You play Lady R1. Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, the disruptor. Can capitalism be reformed? And if so, in what crucial way? <laughs> the disruptor. No one has wrestled with these big questions and issues more than Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, who for decades has been a leading business executive financier and thought leader. Today, the CEO of E.L. Rothschild, her words on financial clout carry weight. A fervent advocate of women's role in commerce and finance, she is a leading voice for the movement called inclusive capitalism. 2019 is a very, very peculiar year where a lot of people who have benefited uh, almost disproportionately from capitalism are suddenly coming to the forefront and suggesting that not only that they have the idea to fix income inequality, but that they have the solution and people should listen to them. Um, Can these people be trusted? And what is leading that trend? Well... I think one of the problems is they actually have not come up with solutions. There are too many people talking about the problem, and other than a guaranteed income or just wealth redistribution, those are the two lanes of um, of answers. And I don't like either of those answers personally. Redistribution, okay, just to tax the most successful people in society is probably not a long-term answer to creating both a fair and a dynamic society. So <laughs> that's probably not a great answer. Maybe there's some additional taxes that some people can pay. With, uh, I'm probably, I'm, and politics is not my thing, right? And, and the idea of a guaranteed income Okay, that was actually a Richard Nixon idea originally, working with Daniel Patrick Moynihan. So that's not a new idea, but for me personally, and I'm obviously just speaking personally, that takes away the, the satisfaction and fulfillment of work. I don't think that's the answer. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to strip these poor people from working. We need them to do stuff for us. <laughs> we need people to work. We need everyone to work. Men, women, children. It's it's the thrill. It's the reward of working. <laughs> yes. Uh, several times in this interview, she refers to herself as middle class. And it's very strange. Very, very strange. But, uh, that, mm. And how much... Uh, d- have you seen any sort of, I guess, estimate uh, estimated uh, numbers for wealth? I mean, you can try, but those estimates are so off. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the official wiki, I mean, the Wikipedia doesn't list it. And then because she is royalty, because the Rothschilds are royalty, they're not subject to oh. to loosening their books. And Forbes, when they release their Fortune 500, they don't include royalty. Wow. So it's a little loophole that 
that exempts them from being part of that charade. You know, they get to go around and act like Elon Musk is the richest guy in the world. Give me a fucking break, dude. And then they did it to Bill Gates for years and years, and I feel like that was almost like a hazing ritual for him. Bezos. Bezos. You know, if you if you really want to be in the big boy club, but you're, you know, a self-made guy, or you're not part of the establishment, as it were, then you have to go through these cer- certain hazing rituals. Yeah. Maybe uh, drop a little scandal on you. Yeah. Try and toughen you up some. Make sure Make you can you- stay in the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can take it. You made all that money yourself. You can take it. You know, you, you can be the face of, of the pandemic and, you know, everybody can shit on you all day long and and not really hold a lot of other people accountable who deserve to be held accountable, if not more so. And then we'll give you one singular black eye so you got something to remember us by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you next week, bitch. Just one. Just one black eye. Just one, real quick, for old time's sake, Bill. How about that? Come on, Tom was into it. <laughs> Don't make us get the pig head, Bill. Oh, man. Um, To close off, because I have a bunch of stuff on Dershowitz, but we don't have any time to go into that. So I'm going to save it for, I think, maybe next week. But the one parting thing that I will have, well, there is another Lady R clip if you want to hear it. Sure. Absolutely. Do one more Lady R clip for everyone. I think that for uh, a generation of the millennials and younger, the word socialism is not as toxic as it is for my generation. I mean, I don't quite remember ducking under desks to prepare for when the Soviet communists would drop a nuclear bomb on us, but I sort of knew that happened. And seeing the the kinds of societies that were socialist and the idea socialism does mean something. Words have meaning and socialism does mean state ownership of the means of production. I don't think that's what Alexandria and Bernie mean. Um, I don't think that's what they're proposing. In fact, I know in the case of AOC, she's actually reached out to us to understand more about inclusive capitalism. So I think that's a good thing. I think that the deep criticisms of capitalism, the idea that 42% of America's wealth is owned by the top 1% and the lower 80% owns 4.7%, those are real problems. But, but, but it's, it's how we solve them. Oh, we have to get to. And what I care about in inclusive capitalism is I care about that as members of the market economy, whether we are consumers or huge sovereign wealth funds or J.P. Morgan BlackRock, that we are using our capital to invest in the companies, like I said on stage today that are the best regarding people, product, planet, and community. ESG. Because over time, companies that focus on those things, and that starts with taking care of their workforce, are the best long-term investments. So, So I am hoping that before we go socialism, or before we go to huge redistribution, 
we actually come back to an economy that works for everybody in a genuine way. We should build it back better, perhaps. Yeah, I'm going to make an economy for everyone. I'm going to be a president for everybody. (laughs) But. (laughs) But. But. Yes, I know most of the wealth is owned by the top 1%, but. But. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) But. I'm going to build another underground bunker for myself. You guys can uh, eat my shorts. Hey, do you want to build a road from my underground bunker to your underground bunker? Bro, that's like 2,000 miles. I know. I know, man. It's going to be easy. Uh, It's going to be so good. Uh, They exist through there. They're good. So until 2016, Ghislaine lived in a $5 million New York townhouse, which was bought by a company with the same address as Epstein's business office. Uh, Maxwell allegedly... Uh, stopped communication with him, so she says around two thousand and uh, around the two thousand eight time and uh, two thousand five to two thousand eight. But all the evidence shows that they were very very close friends that they hung out and and apparently she lived in this big townhouse which he bought for tax records reviewed by Business Insider. This is where I'm getting this information from. Showed that the Manhattan townhouse. Uh, which, by the way, remember uh, her second husband over in Manhattan? Mm-hmm. Uh, was purchased for $4.95 million in October of 2000 by the anonymous corporation that had the same address as Epstein's finance office on Madison Avenue. And the seller of that townhouse was, guess who? Was it Catherine? It was Lynn Forrester. Oh, I'm sorry, Lynn Forrester, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, before she had met, I guess... Well, 2000 was around the time all that happened. So she's Lynn Forrester, Lynn Forrester, Rothschild. She's the one who sold Ghislaine her her house with Epstein's money. Even introduced the two. I mean, she's she's pivotal to the to the whole thing. She's she kicked it off. She is. She's the catalyst. She's she's a big part to play in all of this. And you haven't heard her name once. Considering all this business, but uh, with her, because uh, she's now head of of whatever the that trust was, you know, the E.L. Rothschild Family Trust. Uh, apparently, you know, this guy went on the, the the Evelyn de Rothschild. He went on the private jet a lot himself, and he's in the logs. So he was hanging out and flying around with them, along with everybody else: Tom Hanks, Rob Reiner, Chris Tucker, Spacey. Spacey, uh, a lot of people, and Clinton and Trump and a lot of different, and Alan Dershowitz, who uh, we can talk about next time. But Alan Dershowitz, one of the two biggest titans in the law world, still living. And he's represented everybody from OJ to Mike Tyson to Trump to Epstein to all kinds of people. He's He's, he's been all over the place for many decades. If you want uh, a really good collection of videos about Dershowitz and other friends of Epstein's, uh, former friends, uh, Jamie Deluxe has done some really good uh, stuff on this. Oh, yeah. Couldn't recommend it hard enough. Mm, I'd love to check that out. Yeah. 
the last picture we got in the in the show notes for Epstein is him at a dinner with at, at Harvard in 2004 with Dershowitz and Larry Summers, who was the Treasury Secretary under uh, Trump, I believe, either Obama or Trump, and also Robert Trivers, who's an American biologist. What is this motherfucking Blue's Clues shit I'm looking at? I don't know, dude. It's, it looks like a Dr. Seuss room, Alice in Wonderland room, and then if you look out the window, it's like all industrial pipes. It looks like shit. Mm-hmm. These jackasses are having having a nice lunch talking about stuff. And Dershowitz, I believe now, but definitely at the time, was the the dean of Harvard. He's, or at least a professor. Ep- Epstein there. was he was big into providing funding for colleges and their science programs. Yeah, he was. That was that was his thing. Mm-hmm. He gave a lot of money to schools. Lots. And coincidentally got to hang out with a lot of college girls. Yep. He was trying to find a faculty for his facility in New Mexico where he was going to breed uh, his seed into whatever percentage of the population that it was. <laughs> I'll take it a step further than that. He was going to take them down under the sea to Terramar. He's going to incorporate them into his his new Bioshock fantasy land that he was building with uh, his land. It's like paradise on Earth. Paradise under the earth. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, that paradise under the earth. <laughs> you may have heard of it. You may have heard about it. View our listening portal to see more. Yes, indeed. Any thoughts uh, on all this? I know it was kind of a smorgasbord of, of stuff. Uh, Well, you know, Lynn here, you're making me want to pin you up on the board real hard. Yeah. As in, as in like you deserve some, some bright colored red floss, the silk mm. kind, like a silk floss for such a silky lady, silky floss for a silky lady. Hell yeah. It's, um, hmm. it's a lot to chew on and, uh, just totally oblivious. Um, I think the, the, uh, match point of her being the kickoff between their relationship between Ghislaine and Epstein and, and Dershowitz was that was it that trifecta that allowed Epstein the sort of upward mobility quote unquote upward mobility to get in the just the circles of of everybody that he you know they wanted to fuck around with I don't I mean. He was already at the Rothschild party before he met them. So he obviously was doing something and had made a lot of headway by then. Hmm. Uh, he was hanging out a lot with uh, Les Wexler, Victoria's Secret guy. He he was, from what I can tell, he was just kind of a playboy who was a math genius. Everybody called him. But he, he worked his way up the ladder, you know, and he just associated himself with some incredibly wealthy people who who liked him and wanted him around and added a little flavor to their life, you know? Oh, this chat. The chat is just big. They want to hear a dolphin so bad. They've been waiting all night. Oh. To hear a dolphin. They you know s- you can boost a dolphin in, you guys. 
They they want us to stroke. We can stroke a dolphin. We want to stroke a, do- a dolphin. These guys are just hungry for it. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Where is that? Where is C-Dubs Peter? is a good boy. He deserves Peter, it. come here. Come here. I need to I need to touch you in the ways it counts. For science. <laughs> For science. Uh wait, what is the boo-boo? One, two, three, four, five is that dolphin boost. Um, I'm you know, I, I think it's uh I think this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Yeah, I I think I might do a, a a trio. I might come in for a third week in a row with some with some Epstein material, assuming that nothing else comes up. I mean, because uh, the Dershowitz stuff is fascinating too, and it's heavy. There's a lot of shit on Dershowitz. Yeah, yeah, especially the uh, I don't remember if it was No Agenda or OBDM I was listening to, but they were playing clips of a recent uh, Dershowitz interview where the interviewer jumped oh my god (laughs) that one scared me (laughs) bull bull god damn it bobby god damn it c-dubs c-dubs gosh dang it c-dubs is a good boy for one two three four five sets (laughs) c-dubs you're such a good boy Uh, boosting from the podcast index yeah, I'd not do that to me, just a boy. Oh, I'm just a boy. Da, 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 me. Um, yes, I think it would be exciting if uh if you have a part three. Part three, a uh trilogy. You know, I've always been into the serialized shows, you know. Um, Hell yeah. I mean it's 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 those threads that count, baby. Yeah, sometimes you can't you can't knock it all out, you know, yeah. in one show. You gotta you gotta chew on it a little bit. We got a voicemail to to chew on, and I think it's um, time to wrap it up for tonight. Indeed, let's hear it. Hey, screamers! Look, Yo. all this multi-monitor talk just reminds me how spoiled you kids are these days. Hell, you got a screen in your hand, your phone. You got your screen in your lap. Got two in the bush. Then you got multi-screen desktop configurations. Shit. Back in my day, we had to build a fucking uh, heavy-duty desk, uh, plywood-type bullshit, two-by-fours up against the wall. We had to bolt in, and we had... Multi CRT analog connections. I'm talking two, no, three or four. Voodoo two by 3DFX PCI connections. And we had analog CRT monitors on everyone's little sons of bitches. Yeah, we thought we were cool. 1024 by 768. What now, bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it all went digital. <laughs> Adios. Mofo! <laughs> mm. Oh, that went 
one, that last one came in from, uh, well, we got a couple, uh, but I don't even know what to address first. Uh, caller. Uh, do- Dr. Sir, caller. <laughs> Special agent, Dr. Sir, my crotch. We have photographic evidence of you now. Thank you. We're going to this. Uh, just put your prints there while you're at yeah. it. Hey man, we're old enough to remember some old shit. You live, you live here now too. You can go get a thousand monitors if you want. I I was rocking a CRTV uh, all the way up until fuck. I was working the theme park job. That was 2015. Yeah. So Hell yeah. I mean, I mean that's not super long ago, but I just went to Goodwill, <laughs> got a TV. I was like, Holy shit! I forgot how heavy these things are. <laughs> they used to be so massive and so heavy. Uh, oh my god. We, that would. You know how um. That's. That's the underscore that we should have for this uh, the show. The wine of CRT TVs. <laughs> Ugh, I like it. <laughs> Can't you can wait. hear the copper degrading. Oh, man. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, in, it's, oh, in the sorry. same point, like, Mama Berry had a Commodore 64, and we were homeschooled, so and it definitely spent some time... Uh, fucking around and finding out didn't really get super far super far with uh any coding on the commodore but could still get it to launch games and whatnot certain applications on the on the floppies mm-hmm. shout out to blitz who only plays video games exclusively on the commodore nice cold acid's a big commodore guy too it's fun oh yeah cold acid can find a good throwback easy I would be curious to see about uh, getting some Amiga emulators for hmm. video video toaster emulators. I think that could be cool. It'd be cool. Yeah. You want it, We could play Doom on my uh, TI-84. <laughs> <laughs> I used to bl- uh, blast Womp Rats with my TI-84. Uh, we had bullies. I'm going to read off some boosts. Yeah. Wanna- may, may I read these boosts? Do it. We had... Uh, Bully Steed came in, the most recent one, with one, two, three, four, five. She wanted to hear the dolphin. She says, part three. Three is the magic number. Be a fountain. And then before that, we had C-Dubs came in with the one, two, three, four. Oh, actually, no, he came with the Boosted Gimp. 8888. C-Dubs is a bad boy. And then C-Dubs, before that, one, two, three, four, five, saying C-Dubs is a good boy. <laughs> so we have conflicting <laughs> Information. information. <laughs> Please rectify at once. Rectify at once. <laughs> you are now on a list. Get your facts straight. Lists. Three lists. Fuck it. Oh. I am a good boy. Yeah. Do we miss any boosts? I don't believe so. I don't think we did. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that'll conclude us for tonight's production. Thanks for hanging out. We'll um, we're gonna be back in a week from now for episode. Uh, what is tonight? One forty six next week. One forty six next week because we're live every goddamn Monday. And uh, you can always check us out at badradio.live or uh, behindtheschemes dot com uh, every Monday night, seven o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock Eastern, or loveislit dot com. Yeah. That's right, because we're a value-for-value production. Which means we don't have ads, we don't have corporate sponsorship, we only have you, the good people, the good and noble people, 
you know what you want to hear. Uh, you give us a call, uh, 612-263-7999. You can email us, uh, lavish at behindtheschemes.com, boo at behindtheschemes.com. Go to our show notes page, zososcorner.substack.com. Episode 145 for tonight. And uh, get in the chat room. Get in Social. Do all those things. we got so many things. Go check them out. It's fun. It's for you. It's good people hanging out around these parts of the internet. Indeed. Indeed. A little, tu- a little touched, but in all the right ways. Always overtouched, never undertouched. <laughs> Show me on the overtouch where he dolled you. <laughs> Hey, baby, you want to be my rotary phone? <laughs> Stick a finger in there and spin for me. <laughs> Don't forget the area code, baby. <sighs> Uh-oh, it looks like I misdialed. I'll have to keep trying it again and again and again until I figure it out. But until then, I've been Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And all the way from way over the hill here, where we, way the hell over here. Yeah. Where we use cups with string because we're low tech like that shit. My name is Lavish. Smash that like button. That means you're gonna piss on him. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is that? It's my lucky crackpipe. You a crazy motherfucker. You don't have a lucky crackpipe? No, I don't have a lucky motherfucking crackpipe. Well, then, Donald, you gotta take a hit off of mine. Why I gotta do that? Because it's lucky. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah.